Hello and welcome to episode 142 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the triple-decker yeast, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Everyone deserves daily blueberry buckle. What? (laughs) 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 On this week's episode, trailers are starting to drop, and we check in on what we're watching along with other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, Diner. But first, Al... What are we drinking? But first, here's what that was in reference to. So my mom makes a dynamite blueberry buckle. And if you don't know what a blueberry buckle is, it's a coffee cake. But it's oh. cake layer, a layer of blueberries. I already understand where this is going. Crumbles the blueberry is the buckle. Yes. <laughs> I got it. Crumbles on top of the blueberries. The worms are the spice. <laughs> So it's one of the best baking type things that she does, or at least okay. my, my favorites. And mm. she usually makes like one or two a year, usually like one in the summer, one in the fall. Um, okay. Honestly, it's not really that hard to make, at least on, like, on the scale of the things that she bakes. Sure. And like, I definitely like it the most of everyone, but like no one dislikes it. Like everyone likes it. Everyone has a piece or two when, sure. when, when we have it. So it's not like it's like a, like, oh, I'm the one busting her balls like, to like make it like, sure. everyone enjoys it she enjoys it like and it really like it's easier it's much less work intensive than her making apple pie and she loves making apple pie and she mm. makes a few of them a year um but i was like we were talking about it a few weeks ago when we had some friends over and i was like oh yeah like i i don't know if it was just something about like someone was talking about like oh like things that they enjoy that my mom makes or whatever and i was like i really enjoy the blueberry buckle but actually now that i think about it it's been a couple of years since we've had it I was like, I just don't think you made one last year. I said, I don't remember if you made one the year before. And so something like that happened twice in a couple of weeks. And then I came home one day. She goes, I don't want to hear your shit anymore. And I was like, uh- <laughs> what did I do now? And she's like, I'm making blueberry buckle. I was like, oh, great. Okay. And I was like, I'm sorry. And like, I think she realized that she said it too aggressively because she meant it as a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, because like, like, no, like it was funny, but like, it, like she came on like so strong at first. That I thought like I actually did something. I was like, what, what did I do? <laughs> and so Clown. like, she made this like huge fucking blueberry buckle, and like, I think everyone had a piece, and then there was just like two thirds of a blueberry buckle sitting in the fridge all week. Mm. So guess what? I had every a piece of blueberry buckle. <laughs> sure. Sure. You're making so, up for lost time. Exactly. Well, who knows what I'll get it again. It might, it might be a couple of years. So, anyway, um, that was what that was in reference to. Uh, Maybe you should make it would know yourself. What a blueberry buckle is. Oh, yeah, but like it's. I didn't know what a blueberry buckle is. I can guarantee you that it's probably one of my favorite desserts. <laughs> Never having had it before? Correct. Um, I mean, I love, I love blueberry pie. I love coffee cake. I mean, <laughs> it is basically an amount of <laughs> it's like, yeah. So what am I doing with my life? <laughs> um, anyway, back to what we're drinking. We're drinking uh, or eating, depending on which of us are talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> this is made with triple decker yeast. Jesus. <laughs> Newberg Brewing Company and friends. Uh, this is one of the collaboration series for this year. 
it's the CIA boss. It's made in conjunction with the brewery at the Culinary Institute of America, which is in Hyde Park, I believe. It's somewhere just north of Poughkeepsie. Um, it was born here. This is the one from Mar- <laughs> <laughs> This is the Boss IPA Collaboration Series. It's IPA plus habaneros plus peaches plus mangoes equals culinary delight. Love it. 7.0% alcohol by volume. It comes in pints, of course. We're drinking it out of our beloved Newberg glasses. I really, I really love their can. I got to say, I'm a big fan of this robot chef. Yes. He's awesome. And you know what I'm realizing for the first time? Their logo says brewed with heart. And it's in the... Sorry, I had to see if you'd react to it at all. <laughs> like, I'm gonna the strangest deja vu. Like, we talked about this the last time we did a Newberg beer. Like, I think I've done this the last three times we had a Newberg I was saying, like, there was one time where, like, you said it, like, sincerely, and there was another time where it was very obvious you were joking about it. Yeah. This was somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> it was... What? It was halfway between, like, doing the bit of, like, here we go again, and... Will Farrell and the other guys talking about how the cucumber water. Yeah. <laughs> the cucumber. The accents the water in water such, a, such a way. <laughs> for a movie that I saw once and don't remember liking, that scene pops into my head regularly. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I actually legitimately really enjoy that movie. It's definitely not. I just have to rewatch it. The best of the Farrell movies, but it's a hell of a sure. than some of the ones from the last few years. Um, it's so absurd, but somehow also the most grounded of all of them, like even more than Step Brothers, in which like it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this feasibly could kind of happen. <laughs> Get um, your liver spotted hands off my mother, you geriatric <laughs> It's one of my favorite lines in movies. <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the other guys is so you know, it, it might have been right after the scene with the cucumber water where they're walking out of his office and they get attacked by these this like biker gang all dressed in black leather and stuff like that. And Mark Wahlberg keeps thinking all these things are like way, way more dramatic than they are. And he goes, look at it. It might be Colombian drug Lords. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you getting this from? <laughs> and then he like goes on this tangent and he like starts kicking all their asses. He like knocks a dude off, like kicks his helmet off, grabs the helmet, throws it, hits another one of them. And he's like, Oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Let's let's give this one a taste, shall we? Yes. Cheers. There's a lot going on in there. I don't. I don't taste the chunks. Chew harder. So that's good. Ugh. Stop. <laughs> Just I'll never stop. stop. I will never stop. <laughs> All right. I'm just gonna obnoxiously inhale into the microphone. I like this. I like the habanero. I taste that mostly, and I also taste, like, you know when a peach is not sweet? I also taste that. <laughs> so, un- unripened peach? Yeah. yeah. It's like when it's, like, hard as a rock, and you bite it, you're like, ooh, a peach, and you bite into it, and you're like, why does that feel like an apple? Like, that <laughs> that kind of peach, that now, level of ripeness. I'm going to go a step further. A, a truly unripe peach texture is, I think, closer to a potato. Uh, <laughs> you, you're, you're doing things that make this beer sound disgusting when I'm that is not actually that the case. I'm doing things that are causing a visceral huh. reaction. 
to you, you know what it is visibly and audibly. It's what it's the things that you're saying combined with the visual of just this pound of sand that's floating at the bottom of my glass. I hate sand. <laughs> I don't know. It gets everywhere. <laughs> of course, it gets um, everywhere. So there's there, a couple of things. May ha- I, I'm not, I may not be the best judge of this beer, though. I will say I actually like it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a my thumb beer, and a fuckle. My beer is is crystal clear with little flecks, and Anthony's mm. looks like a milkshake. <laughs> With, with like, do you know? Do you remember the second Ninja, Ninja Turtles movie? No. No. Actually, I don't know if I've ever seen that one. Well, this is gonna fall flat with you, but Mike listens. Mike, you remember when the doctor <laughs> is hey, making that little shake? That's what this looks like, <laughs> and it's disgusting. It it tastes looks, delicious. It looks, looks disgusting. It looks like beer-colored swamp water. Do you know when you make gravy on Thanksgiving with the <laughs> with the stock with the stock? Huh? <laughs> it's not. It's so chunky, like but like huh. it's got like the like the thick billowy chunks. Yeah, and it's so. Ah, uh, this is the most unsettling thing that I've done in a while. <laughs> Just, just keep looking through your sunglasses at night and oh, God. make sure that you can't see the beer at all, in fact, because it smells and tastes delightful. It I is delicious. Not, I would not have been able to pick out the peach or the mango specifically. It definitely mm-hmm. does taste like fruit. The habanero, I didn't even really get at first, but it like builds on you over the course mm-hmm. of it as it kind of coats your palate, which I believe we discussed when we did the habanero sculpin. This is much more manageable. That, oh yeah, that I believe my tongue received chemical burns by the end of that beer. <laughs> that bothered you way more than it bothered me. It's it funny, and it's funny because I'm the one who likes spicier food more than you do. Correct, correct. Like, don't get me wrong, I love spicy food, but I I like to enjoy the food. That's that's the line that I'm at. Um, atomic barbecue sauce. See, it, you that, didn't. That's you on didn't the like- line. I was just saying, you didn't really like the atomic barbecue sauce. I, I must have liked it. I finished the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, but well, I say I would, I would say that I liked it more because I had that sauce again, like four more times. Sure, like, sure. I mean, I've also tried to recreate it, so I don't know what that makes me. You but done what? I've, I've tried to recreate it, so I don't Did know what really? that makes me. Yeah, and it's, and it's been good because I've come very close without going over that heat line, and it's been delicious. See, we've done it a couple other times, and we've never got close to that level. So, that, mm. like, that just must have been the hottest habanero. Yeah. This is not spicy at all. It just tastes like it's the good parts of a habanero. Yeah. Um, I like this. I think you're right in saying that it's a thumb and a fuckle. Nice. Three thumb thuckles. Three thuckles. <laughs> we net three thuckles on this beer. <laughs> That's okay. So the ratings officially moved to how many thuckles? Yes. Net thuckles, because you can go negative. <laughs> yes, yes. We have, we have agreed and established that there are negative thuckles, that you can have thuckles removed. All right. So this is a three thuckle beer. Uh, I, I see the shirt now. It's an Alzale on the front, and on the back, <laughs> it's four and a half thumbs. <laughs> Well, like separate thumbs. Yeah, the component parts of thumbs. Just, just the, t- at the thuckle. Not just the nail part. <laughs> upper no. thuckle. Wait. Should we split into upper and lower thuckles? Um, yeah, no, on the on the back, it's gonna say it's gonna be a picture of assorted thuckles and a picture. Of how many thuckles would you give us? Yeah. 
Perfect. Perfect. But they're not like in a row. They're like kind of in a pile. Oh, I was thinking like more like kind of like wavy, like a roller coaster. Well, what if you make the, the more of an inside joke and it actually looks like two thumbs on two hands, but there's a separation and the top part of the thumb is above the bottom part. <laughs> See, I'm caught up in now thinking about, and along came Polly when she reads the book about Don't Play With Fireworks, and it's the kid with the the stub, the stump arm. Mm. And mm-hmm. I'm picturing like someone giving two thumbs up like Buddy Christ, but sure. the thuckles of the, the top thuckles are blown off. Got it. Got it. That's it. <laughs> That's what we'll do. <laughs> I, have, I haven't thought about Buddy Christ in a while. Me neither. And they are opening a movies pop up in Red Bank. That's right. I remember you said something about that. I think it's. I think it's like soon. I got an email that's like you can get your tickets now, and I clicked the email and it said sold out. And I was like, that's about right. <laughs> I just want to take a moment to appreciate how ridiculous this opening has been. After we almost didn't get on air, we had an aborted recording that's last true. week. You that's have true. are on the throes of a migraine. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 feeling a little wacky. I, <laughs> My internet and computer are just fucking with me. They were fighting against you. I got a I got a glass full of giblets over here. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Let's get to some news and nuggets. <laughs> Shall we? Uh, I would like to kick this off. Okay. I I gave you homework last week. Oh yeah, I totally forgot. You did. You did the homework. I, I know did that. the homework because I was ready to record, and then we didn't right. record. That's I, right. I've I have forgotten everything about mm-hmm. the homework, but I did do the homework. That's that's fine. So, first impressions of the Batman trailer. Oh yeah, that's right. That's that's um, where I'd like to start this off. Yeah, I did rewatch it too for that. Um, mm-hmm. I was more intrigued the second time I watched it. I don't know if okay. I just didn't watch it in the greatest of conditions. I think it was a Saturday morning the first time. I think like, mm-hmm. I had just woken up. Like I was up for maybe five minutes. Um, I tend to feel hungover front Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. even though I uh, real. It was the worst of times. It was the worst of times situation. Yeah, I tend to feel hungover <laughs> even if I didn't really drink on Friday nights. Uh, sure. It's just like my week. Your body's just in a rhythm. <laughs> yeah, my, my week at work tends to make me feel like a body hangover. Um, so my brain doesn't really work. Also, my, my body has a civil war going on in which it's like, hey, we should be up like well before seven o'clock and you're not up, buddy. Let's get up. And I'm like, ah, no, we're sleeping till nine. <laughs> <laughs> and I like couldn't get the brightness right on my phone without like piercing my retinas and also sure. being able to see what was going on on screen. So Heard I that. wasn't too enthused by the trailer the first time. I was a little confused as to what was going on. I was like, okay, yeah, Batman stuff, whatever. He looks fine in the costume. Um, mm. Obviously, they're beefing him up with like some armor and stuff. And okay, believable enough, I guess. Um, I wasn't expecting him to look like Gerard Way when he took the mask off, but here we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know what the eyeshadow was all about, um, but uh, oh, see, I, I, the, okay, this is I've heard that like twelve times now, and I don't understand. Did people not realize that that's always been there? Um, what do you mean? He all Batman always in the movies has always had eyeshadow on underneath the mask. That is why his eyes look black. Yeah, but when he takes the mask off, it's not usually still there. 
That's true, but that's, that's just that's, that's we, actually just poor attention to detail in the previous movies. <laughs> fine, and also we have the benefit of if you've seen, well, you haven't finished all of Watchmen yet. We see actually a reverse issue of that in which someone has a white mask with white eyeshadow on to like blend with that whole thing. So like, no, mm-hmm. like, I got it. It was just weird because no movie has ever shown them. Yeah, okay. with it. Without the mask. Like, while while shooting that scene, they're like, don't clean his face. You're ruining the immersion. <laughs> well, it's just funny because it's so, his eyes are so smoky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is is that he didn't take the time to just wipe, like, the black around one eye and then the other. He just did, like, a whole sh- <laughs> line across his face. He's got no time to dilly-dally. Well, yes He's the no. Batman. Yes and no, because... <laughs> He clearly did a smear across the bridge of the nose, but then sure. he accented the outside per- perimeter mm. of it <laughs> because mm. that's what I was saying. Like it's so smoky, like it looks perfectly applied as it approaches the eyebrow and the the cheekbones. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it's feather. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. But anyway, watching it the second time around, I'm much more intrigued to see what's all what this is all about. Totally forgot. Although actually. Do I recall, was he even in the trailer? I think maybe he had a voiceover line. Uh, totally forgot Andy Serkis was um, cast to be Alfred. Oh, shit. So did I. <laughs> the only reason I remembered was because uh, I was watching, and we'll get to this again a little bit later, I was rewatching sure. um, Black Panther, and I was like, my dad was saying something about it, like, he's like, oh, like I know he was like Gollum, but like has he like been in anything else I've seen him in? And I was like, well, he was, you know, I went through all of it, and I was like looking through some stuff, I was like, yeah, that's right. He's in this. I was like, he wasn't in the trailer, was he? I think he has one voiceover line, but I don't think you ever see him in the trailer. That sounds right. I'll have to rewatch it to make sure. Um, so, okay, after a second watch, more intrigued. Yes. Okay, I will say, so this was exciting for me. I, I have had a weird relationship with this movie coming up. I have not been, like, overly excited because I don't really feel like much time has passed. I have not... Um, you know how much of a Batman fan I am. So it's like, if you're going to do it, I just wanted to do it right, especially with everything else that's going on. Well, first of all, I have a question, and I can easily look yeah. it up, but I'm not going to. What year was Dark Knight Rises? Was that 2012, 2013? Uh, I want to say 12. It's one of those two years. It's it's because we're getting a third Batman in less 12. than a decade. We're getting third Batman in less than a decade. That's like, you're getting whiplash. Yeah. Um, and as much as I was on the front end of saying, Hey, I'm actually intrigued by the casting of Pattinson. I think he's a good actor. I think he could definitely do it. Mm -hmm. I don't have any issue with that. I don't have any issue with seeing him. Like I said, the only thing I was hearing that he didn't get super bulked up. I wondered how it would look, but they gave him a good actual costume. They did a cool thing there. Look tiny. Yep. I'm I'm with you on that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that's the thing. Like there's been, as far as announcements go, it's like nothing bothered me. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I'm interested to see him in it. Um, I forgot about the Andy Serkis thing, but I was like, oh, hell yeah, when I heard that. Um, the uh, Commissioner Gordon casting, I was like, yep, I'm on board. Uh, and then... Also forgot about that one, by the way, until I saw the trailer. And then I was I was thinking, but I was like, I don't know what I want from this movie. Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't have any How expectations. Be good. <laughs> okay. I have no expectations except be good. Uh, and I I wasn't confident that that's what was going to happen. Po- postscript, it's the butt of the beer. That's why your beer looks. Oh, okay. Because look at my beer now. 
There it is. Yep. Right. I, 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 like, there was actually... You just a got a concentrated amount. dose of giblets. <laughs> yeah, there was a decent amount left in the thing. I was like, oh, let me see if I can pour just a little bit of this in here. And so <laughs> I was like, I poured the tediest bit, and it was just a solid that came out, not a liquid. And I was like, oh, there it yeah. is. There it is. So I... I'm going in thinking I don't really know what I'm expecting. I don't know what I want. I don't know what's going to make me excited about this. And then I watched the trailer. And I went, oh, that, that, that's, that's what I wanted. <laughs> like, that's, like, I didn't realize this is exactly what I wanted. Like, this is, it looks awesome to me. I am I, so excited for this. I will say I'm a little thrown by the anachronism of the, like, whole set and, like, tone. Because, like, the visual style of it is a lot of, like, the buildings and, like, the way it looks, like, visually is reminiscent of, like, 89 Batman. But it also has sure. very modern cars and smartphones and Dude, TV that's, and I mean, to me, that's Batman. That weird, that weirdness of that blended technology and architecture is, has always been Gotham City. Yes, but as we get... Closer and closer to like the, or as the future continues to progress from like the archetype of like Batman that we've known it in the 80s and 90s, it gets weirder and weirder. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. bad, it's just more visually weird as time goes sure. on. Sure. <laughs> oh, uh, de- definitely. And I will, I will say that they, uh, that weirdness though, I feel like that's kind of book puts me at, at ease and at home, like getting ready for this movie. Because like, yeah, that's I, kind of what I, I really, I don't realize that I relate that aesthetic with Gotham and with the the weird time frames that these movies always tend to take place in. And uh, the Nolan trilogy didn't have that. No, but I actually liked it. I, I Well, that's I fine. I mean, they did, they did their, their thing. Yeah, 100%. I'm not knocking that at all. I think that it was, it was going for something very specific. Whereas I feel like what this is doing is, so like, I love... The Nolan movies, I think they did an incredible thing there. However, this feels like it might be headed in a direction that is more Batman yeah. and less, less like Academy Award worthy movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that after what we've got from the Snyderverse, we should maybe try a hard right turn back towards Academy Award, but that's just me. Well, there's also the, there's this thing going on here of like, this movie is like it's called the Batman, which I think is awesome. And where like if there's going to be a heavy, I feel like there's going to be a heavy dose of actual Batman on screen rather than I love the Nolan approach again of like you don't really see Batman very often, and yeah. there's that mystery. He leaned into that. There's like that part of the storytelling which I love too. I, I that's what I think that's why I'm excited. This is not trying to be the Nolan Batman. It's not. Thank God, it's not trying to be the Snyder Batman, <laughs> and it's. It's not trying to be the 80s and 90s Batman, but it is also, like, respecting all of the stuff that came before it, it seems. And this is just from the first teaser. I don't well, know. Second it's, teaser. it's funny. I'm not entirely... I can't quite put it into words, which um, is a failure of me as a podcast host. Um, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> for whatever Perfect reason, for the medium. What's that? It's perfect for the medium. Yeah, exactly. There <laughs> is something about sections of that trailer that I, I got to disagree with you slightly where mm. I actually got some Keaton and Kilmer era Batman vibes. Wait. Oh, like no, I mean, I said that it was like all of it was there a little bit, but it was doing its own thing. 
Well, you said, oh, it's not trying to be Nolan, it's not trying to be Sam, right. it's not trying to be... Oh, you felt that in a way that it was trying, it was leaning more into being that? Yeah, I'm not saying that it's, like, like, co- like copying it, parroting it, that, but it's just, like, that's what it evoked. Hmm. Like, like, can you ex- can you give me a hint of, like, is there anything specific? Well, no, I already told you that I can't put it to words, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's no, why, that's well, why I'm, I'm curious, it doesn't... I don't know. Anyway. So the whole architecture thing is what I was talking about, like the visual style stuff. That that actually was reminiscent. Like the actual architecture was reminiscent of Burton, like 89 Batman, Um, which I guess is probably um, drawn directly from older comics. Yeah. I was going to say for me, what it brings back is it almost, it almost brings the animated series onto the screen. Yeah. There's definitely some of that too. Uh, And that's why I said eighties and nineties before, um, because yes, for sure. Like there's some mask of the phantasm type of Mm -hmm. like stuff too. Um, And that's probably, you know, is giving you like some of those like things as well. Uh, I don't know why, but the scene when he says about, he's like vengeance and he beats the shit out of that guy. Yeah. That reminded me a little bit of some of those, like the back alley sequence, minus the neon, like Dayglow, like stuff. But it reminded me a little bit of that whole fight scene when, what's his name, when when Robin steals the Batmobile and then Batman shows up and beats the shit out of those guys. <laughs> For whatever okay. reason, that specifically okay. reminded me of that. that I was going to say that scene specifically reminded me of what they were trying to do with Snyder's Batman and didn't do right. Thematically, yes, but yeah. visually, it reminded me. Vi- of that yeah, I because because specifically, and I I actually completely agree with you. I think the that the costumes of the thugs was one hundred percent an homage to those movies. Yes, that's why I was so those those two things in particular. The architecture reminds me of old school comic slash like nineties mm-hmm. slash. It's a lot even. less neon. Yeah, well, that for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that was that movie was an acid trip, but uh, that's... Uh, you're like, I see what you're doing here, and then they do one more scene, and there is all the neon, and you're like, I don't see what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, if ever there was one a one-shot to represent the passing of the torch from Burton to Showmacher, it's yeah. that scene in the alley with all of the neon. Like, mm-hmm. that is the literal passing of the torch. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Also, all of the neon in the Batmobile. <laughs> well, sure, but that's kind of that goes hand in hand with the other, all the other neons. Also, like that's Mister Freeze suit. Like you have a perfectly, incredibly awesome-looking design from the cartoons, from the comic, and you do that. <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about that right now because this movie looks awesome. Hey, listen. First of all, Gary was the one in the Slack who brought up Clooney. <laughs> Today. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but i i definitely i i'm really hoping that we lean into the mystery detective side of things i think that'll be a lot of fun it seems that that's where it's going from interviews and what i'm getting from the trailer so that's pretty cool uh i'm just very much looking forward to this and i also um the other day i started playing uh one of the arkham games again just because i've, I've been kind of missing that and i also i started i got back into the comics again i picked up where I actually restarted where I had picked up a few years ago so that I have like a whole series to get through, which I'm very excited about too. And I'm just like, I'm in the, I'm in the Batman zone now and I'm, (laughs) I'm thrilled. (laughs) Also, like there's a good chance that this is the first movie I go back to see. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with the world. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, you know, I have to say I'm 
confused. Is Tenet available to watch? Is Tenet not available to watch? It's not clear to me. Because I was just thinking about it yesterday, because I know I messaged you the other day about a potential movie to do after this one. And I was like, oh, duh. Tenet should be available to see in a drive-in. It's not. Yeah. At least not anywhere near me. Not not here yet, either. I'm confused. I feel like that's a no-brainer. Um, and yet not available. Sure. I've got nothing for you on this one. I just agree. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I made an executive decision based on your current interest in what you're watching. Uh, we're doing what we do Ooh. in the shadows of the movie next week. Okay, yeah, I'm in. 100%. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> What we do in the shadows, the movie, and season one. <laughs> yeah, uh, it sounds like you're about done, almost done. I finished the first season. Oh. I, I start. I started the second one, uh, and the f- then the, the migraine first one, hit. Uh, and then what? Oh, and the then migraine. the migraine hit. <laughs> the first, the first episode of the second season was the one with Haley Joel Osment, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, not not to sidetrack too far into what we do in the shadows because we will be talking about what we're watching relatively soon, but. Uh, best scene of that episode is he's such a douche and he the doorbell rings he goes to the door opens the door there's two vampires doing their weird waiting thing at the door and he goes just come in and he walks away (laughs) and they run into the house and that was perfect which was which was the perfect opportunity for me to think of one of my favorite archerisms i always i'm I'm quite sure i've said it to you i'm i'm fairly certain i've done it on the show the when when the Gary Cole's FBI agent it comes to the door and they make a, a joke earlier about inviting people in and them being like vampires. And once you're in, they're in and yep. they invite, he comes in, he goes, you're not allowed to come in. And he goes, he goes, uh, actually ask, uh, does he call him Bilbo? Actually? I think he calls <laughs> Woodhouse Bilbo. And he goes, Woodhouse. He goes, I invited him in, sir. He goes, and much like vampires, once we're invited in, we're, in and he does this hand motion, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so when oh, he man. does that, the whole thing where they can't come in, and then they invite him in, and he, they come rushing in, and Guillermo's gonna go kill them. Uh, <laughs> I think of that exact that's, scene. I always think, yeah, of that. that's that's so good. I uh, so go, going going circling back to the Batman though. The like I said, exactly what I was looking for, and just didn't know it. Um, very much looking forward to see how it plays out. I really liked the creepiness. I'm not, I'm usually, you know, I think I've brought this up on the show before, but when you cut frames, doesn't make me happy. It we bothers talked, me. We talked about it when we did It Chapter 2. Yeah, don't, don't, but if you're using it to a very short and dramatic effect, like in a trailer, for instance, whoa, did you sell me <laughs> with the duct tape and cutting it to the sound of the duct tape unwrapping? <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Oh man, I'm 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 very much looking forward to this. I can't wait. I'm excited. Huh. Um man, I hope we can go to the movies again. So on the same topic of the Batman, I had you watch two other trailers and I don't know if you remember them. Yes. Um, I remember that my impressions were while watching Gotham Knights, mm-hmm. I was wondering whether it was in the Arkham universe. <laughs> and then the Suicide trailer, Suicide Squad trailer I watched said it was made by the makers of Arkham. And I said, well, I guess that answers that for me. So, okay. Yeah. So that's the weird thing. I wasn't curious. I'm don't 
I'm not 100 percent on this, but this is what Brian told me, and he's our go-to games expert. Uh, he told Brian, so, Brian, Brian, host of Game Bites podcast. Game Bites, of course. So he, I believe, what he said is that Gotham Knights is being created by the studio that did the one-off entry that was in the Arkham series. I think it was called Arkham Origins or something along those lines. It came out between the second and third game. Yeah, so that that one came out, I believe, between the second and third, and it was a precursor to the pre, to the rest of the series of the story of the Arkham games. Uh, they're making Gotham Knights, from what I understand, and it is not in the Arkham universe. Okay. And Suicide Squad is being made by Rocksteady, that made the Arkham series, but and I not. thought they were just doing something different with the property and the license, but it is in the Arkham universe, which doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to tell me it also was not, and I was like, Cause, because no, didn't I, look, there was too much... Oh, no, there. it... It doesn't look like it, and it definitely doesn't feel like it. So I don't understand if that's actually... I, I hope that that's not actually the case, and that it was just a misunderstanding. But if that is, that seems very odd to me. I have to say, I didn't love... I I thought Harley looked good, but I didn't love the art style in that um, trailer. It was a little Fortnite-y. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't... It took me a while to get used to it, but what, uh, when I did, I didn't mind it too much. What I wasn't loving was that I feel like that they took Killer Croc and tried to make him Drax, which I wasn't loving, because there is only one Drax. <laughs> That's not, that, that, that wasn't Killer Croc, was it? Wasn't that Killer Shark? Isn't that what his name is? Oh, King Shark. Sorry, I was thinking Killer Croc. Yeah, King Shark. They made him, they were basically doing the Drax thing, which you're not allowed to do. A little bit, Because yeah. there is only one Drax. And his name is Dave Batiste. <laughs> and he was also in the vampire episode, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, which was just so good. You guys need to watch what we do in the shadows. <laughs> if I ever found out who did this, kill him. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah. Both, so those games were announced. They looked interesting enough. That I, I'll be playing both of them 100%. There's no question. I was just uh, my, my inclination after watching those trailers, and I've realized I really need to watch gameplay trailers before I can like commit to buying games nowadays. Sure, uh, because I can usually tell pretty quickly watching how a game actually playing. It's like, oh, that looks great. Oh, that looks. Sure. I will have no interest in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and the, the, and neither of these did any of that. <laughs> and neither of those did either of that. Um, and I've been burned on that in the past, where it's like, oh, that sure. looked badass, and it reflects in no way, shape, or form how the game is played. Oh yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that. Actually, drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I'm all for a bit of a story trailer, like like that, like it's cool. But then when your whole promotional material is that, it starts to concern me. Sure. Um. That being said, Gotham Knights is the one that's drawing. I oh yeah, interested in Suicide Squad one. Su- Suicide 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 Squad, squad looks like it'll be fun and funny. I think it might have some interestingly in like fun writing that could be like enjoyable to play through just for that purpose. But Gotham Knights feels like a nice addition to even though it's not in the same universe, the Arkham series and how those game those games go. Uh, yeah. Like with their really awesome storylines and their really fun fighting mechanics, so we'll see how that plays out. But I, I was just, uh, I got those two things like almost directly after I watched the Batman trailer, and I was like, just it was just I was just like mainlining vengeance. Like I don't know what was happening. <laughs> I did. It's funny because they did the whole thing where there's like 
not voiceover, but like the text that pops up with like, that tells a bit of a story during the trailer. And mm-hmm. it was somehow both the Tropic Thunder Scorcher trailer and also the Crows Have Eyes trailer combined. Oh yeah. Cause it was like, yeah. you know, knights become, or no, sorry. It was like, you know, heroes become vigilantes, you know, vigilantes become whatever, you know, they, yeah. whatever becomes heroes and heroes become, Nights and I was like, and I'm heroes not really leads following. to suffering. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not really following the logical progression of these sure. titles. This doesn't 100 percent make sense to me. And as it gets like more and more absurd, of like, does that really follow that? I started thinking of the crows have eyes. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. Uh, so that's that's. That's Batman trailers on a whole. We'll put that aside. Yeah, so wasn't more, there one more trailer that you asked me to watch? There is. That's the next thing, which is also in the DC universe, and that was the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. Oh, yeah. Which under which I have one single word note. Terrible. <laughs> oh, interesting. I did not like that trailer at all. Now I'm not saying that the movie's going to be bad. I'm saying that is a bad garbage trailer. Why do you say that? Uh it was just a lot of stuff going on on the screen at once. Very little indication of what's happening story-wise. Uh, some really bad CG for a villain, which I guess is pretty much on par. So that's, and, that's par for the course. And also, like, very forced jokes that weren't funny. And I was just like, oh boy, this doesn't feel good. Nothing about that trailer made me excited. Everything made me concerned. Um, I think that I'm going to give them a pass because you're not completely wrong. And I'm going to give them a pass because they already blew their load on what was supposed to be a dry run with their trailers, like leading up to when the movie was actually supposed to. Like they already had like three full trailers and then had a four month hiatus. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, we're still going to do this movie and release it and here's another trailer you know what i mean like i think they're running out of things to put in a trailer like because at this point you can just mm. cut up the trailer and make the movie like all of the trailers right um so i'm gonna kind of give them a pass because i think they've just felt compelled to do another thing to remind people like hey we're still doing this movie but we used all of our spicy like a list stuff in trailers and if we use any more of that stuff you won't come see the movie because you won't mm-hmm. need to so here's some other things that happen i don't know i i think that uh you can you have enough material in the previous trailers where there's actually a way to recut and not give us anything more sure but if they give us nothing more it's very obvious it's like well you you guys are Oh, I disagree. I think if you give us nothing more, it's the same reason why they felt they needed to give you another trailer right now. Um, that is that you forgot about it because it's been a long time. <laughs> sure. And that's why I think they tried to kind of go to the well and get some more material. I don't. I agree that I don't think it really paid off, but mm. I think I kind of get <coughs> Sorry. I hit the end. It's not good. <laughs> oh. Do not drink. Oh, God. Oh god, he's oh he's throwing up everywhere. Oh god, it's so bad. Uh, <laughs> That's not pleasant. Are you okay? Don't don't drink the end of it. Was it just too spicy or? It's not spicy. It's 
hairy. Well, <laughs> it, that's probably that that hard peach. Um. <laughs> I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Fucking Nicholas Cage. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that that trailer was not good, in my opinion. I I agree. I'm just gonna give him a pass. Sure. I uh, it's not like I'm not gonna see it. Yeah. It actually depends. It depends on when it's actually released because there's gonna be a window of time where the movie theater is open and I'm not going. Yeah. So, um, anyway, moving on from that, I don't want to talk about this only because it makes me horrendously sad, but we both watched Black Panther again, so did Brian, uh, in memory of Chadwick Boseman, and man, I am normally not, when a celebrity passes away, I go, oh, you know, like that, that goes, especially when it's somebody that I liked. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. Uh. That this one, I mean, obviously the circumstances are uh, absurd. It it put me. I was I was not in a good mood. <laughs> you know, like it really it, that one hit, and I was just like, man, like I I normally can separate this type of thing because like they're not people that I know. Like it's not like a, my personal thing. You know what I mean? Like I feel almost guilty feeling bad about it. Yeah. And I was just like, I was thinking about it all day, and I watched the movie, and it was hard to get through the movie. Uh, not because the, because the movie's tremendous, first of all. Not, not, it's not bad, hard to get through. It was just like, it's a super powerful performance. And then I was just thinking about all, like, little cousins, like, and all of these, like, these little kids that loved him. And, like, and especially for kids, I mean, it's, I, I, I won't have, like, especially for people that it meant even more to. Because when you're watching, like, and I've been seeing, like, these posts of, like, little kids, like, holding up their figures and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's so moving. And it's like, he, it, the creation of this character on screen and the, just the effect that it had on a community was amazing. And like to see like when, when we went to go see it in theaters, um, like there, there was just like a, there was just this whole gathering of people that were like so excited. Like it was just like, it really meant something. It was cool to be part of it because like, you know, you were, you weren't being excluded, but like you, you were, you were actually being embraced by this entire community that like was so excited about this. And it's like, it was very moving. And like, I think attaching that to him passing away was just like heartbreak. Like, like there's like, there was so much hope and excitement in that. And I feel like taking him away is really painful. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I didn't feel like we got enough time with him to really get a connection to him and that character and mm-hmm. specifically black Panther. Like, he did a great job in that movie. Sure. Um, but his other appearances were very short on actual like content and like stuff to really like, like digest into. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after the, just the, the initial shock of, wow, that came out of left field and knowing he was a couple years older than I thought, but still 43 years old is super young. I know it's, um, it's absurd. And, you know, hearing nothing, because, you know, you know, it wasn't like, oh, like he died in like a car crash or something like that, which, you know, still totally tried yeah, yeah. or whatever. But it's like when like the suddenness of that, like that can truly come for anyone at any time to not know. Like this wasn't like, oh, he was diagnosed with cancer six months ago and like it was just super aggressive. And, like he had this for years and we had no right. idea. 
No idea. And it like it reshaped the context of everything that we thought we knew about him, who admittedly didn't seem like a super like public figure. Like I didn't really know anything about the guy. The only thing I knew about him really was that um, he's pretty religious. Um, like that's the only characteristic of him that I'm aware of other than what he's shown us on screen. Sure. Um, and that he went to like a historically black college. Cause I knew that he gave uh graduation speech a couple years ago at Howard, which is where he went. Oh, um, cool. Like those are the only two things I know about him outside sure. of what he's done on the screen. And he was like, it's incredible that he could be the chameleon that he was um, mm. pr- pretty talented actor and to, to play black Panther to, uh, you know, to play Jackie Robinson and James Brown and, Thurgood Marshall, like that is a wide range of, of people <laughs> yeah. to be playing. Like as wide a range of people as one can play in such a short span in their mm-hmm. career and their life. And 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 I realized I haven't actually seen all of those other movies. I've really only seen him in this role as far as like substantial. I mean, I saw a little. I don't. I couldn't. I had to turn the movie off. It was so bad. Um, the only other thing I saw him in really was Draft Day. He plays uh, the player that like they're gonna potentially draft first overall. I think maybe they do end up drafting first overall. I don't know because I didn't finish the movie. And even that was again, another dramatically different character than everyone else he played. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking across like the spectrum of those five roles that I just mentioned. And so of course it, it's totally tragic. And I, you know, I feel terrible for him and his family and everyone who was friends with him and everything. And, but like that is like you said, it's, Oh, well, anytime a celebrity dies, that's how you feel like, Oh, wow. Like, all the people whose life they touch, you know, if it's not someone who like, yeah. you were like a huge fan of yourself. Mm-hmm. And my, my immediate thought though was after, after all of that, like processing that as best I could is like, Oh man, his story was still nowhere near being done written. Like I was super excited for the next time he got to take the spotlight. In one yeah, of the I know. I know. That's that. Uh, man, it really, it, it's, it's, it is, it's crazy. The thing that really, uh, another thing that hit me after the fact was like really thinking about like the year of diagnosis and knowing nothing about this and then going, I think I even said it to you. I was like the resolve that this man must have had like to pull this off, like while like all of the things that he was doing whilst being diagnosed, like that's insane to me. And like, well, just seeing him again in black Panther, I was like, man, like the average person has a hard time looking that like shredded let alone someone who's going through treatment yeah. for cancer yeah like everyone you know knows someone who's gone through cancer you see the toll it takes on yeah i was oh, when i put the movie in i was like i was like I, I i'm ready for this like i need to watch this like i'm like i it's been a minute since i watched it again um it felt like just the right time because everything going on i was like well let's let me you know let me put this in uh i really want it i wanted to see him on screen when the movie opens and it opens with a voiceover of a father talking to their child and explaining the story. And I was like, oh, that's him. And I never made that connection before. Like, there's so much more that they intended for him. And yeah. there's so much more that he would have done. And it's just like, it's just heartbreaking. Like, it just, it sucks <laughs> so mad. And I just, I, I just feel for his family and all. And, but like, the just the community at large that like it, it was it was a movement that movie was incredible and oh, man it's just it's just it sucks you know but that's 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 where we are we had to we had to bring it up because like that was it means something i feel like to everyone <laughs> especially anybody that's a movie fan you have to 
you have to feel something for this one. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, it's, I, I don't know what, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I feel like they'll, they'll probably, I hope, hopefully they'll do whatever is respectful, but I hope that they like, I hope that it's very tastefully treated with whatever they go do going forward with Black Panther, as far as like the movie line is concerned. Uh, yeah, I have to imagine with the way things were going with that character, that story, I would think they would recast him, but I can understand why people wouldn't want that yeah. as well. And I don't know what the right answer is. Sure. Neither do I. I do think like, I don't know how you execute. Oh yeah. He's just not here anymore. Like, or have him like die off screen. Like I, that doesn't feel right either. Yeah. Yeah. Were they shooting? Do you know, like at some point for the second one? I mean, they were doing another one, but I don't even know if they ever finished a script. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see. But uh, just just I don't know. D- do him right, whatever you do. Like this, <laughs> make make Chadwick proud <laughs> with whatever you do next, as like a like like almost an immemorium type thing. Because like what a just what a talent and what a what a body of work. <laughs> like it's just it's it's insane. But um, let's move on to lighter things. I would like to find out what you're watching. Because I have some stuff that I'm watching. Um, uh, what am I watching? Am I watching anything? I'm not. I've, I've watched no things. <laughs> well, no. Like lately, uh, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I've had sports back, which is like in mm. earnest. Um, I haven't really watched much of the NBA because the the Knicks have maybe possibly finally chased all of my basketball fandom out of me. Um, <laughs> but. The Islanders are trying to make a run for the cup, and uh, the Yankees are back. So, and football's around the corner. I've had a handful of fantasy football drafts. Okay, uh, I got back in finally to my playthrough of my of starting up the first Mass Effect again. So that's been nice. picking up a lot of my little bit of spare time I have. On top of that, um, me and Dominic have been going through Sense Eight. We're to the finale now, which is nice. a two and a half hour movie. All right, so, so you're doing stuff. Yeah, it's just like I don't have any like specific thing. The thing I need to watch is sitting on my DVR that I've been excited to watch and still haven't watched it even though it came out like God, is it already two months ago? Um, is The Alienist mm-hmm. new season. Um, but I feel like I really just want like the space to be able to like sit down and be like, no, we're doing this right now. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, all right. You got So you have something on deck at least. Yes. And uh, you're finishing something that you've already we've already watched, so that's fun too. Uh, so I am, as you know, watching what we do in the shadows. I am on the second season. Oh, I know you because you keep sending I, me random scenes and and clips and and quotes, and I'm like, fuck, I love that one. I actually don't remember that one. Yeah, uh, that that's that's the thing that's dawning on me. I the, the reason why I've been texting you with these quotes and, and and in one particular case, sending you a video of what happened that I had to rewind it for because oh my god, uh, is. These things are like most of them. There's no real rememberable context around them. They're just incredible one-liners. Yes, and some of them, won't... like you wouldn't even if you rewatch the scene ten minutes later, you're gonna forget the context again. Exactly. And I actually think that's kind of by design. I don't think that's oh yeah an intent. Like I don't think it's a failing in any way, shape, or form. Because what rings true is the cleverness of the line and or the line delivery. Yeah, like. Like, even you, from the first time you saw it, 
creepy paper. Yeah. hundred. <laughs> like, would you have been able to recall what they were even doing there other than just to say shopping? I weirdly, yes. I don't know why, but I remember specifically that they were shopping to decorate the room for the Baron arrival. <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> or just any of the times that Laszlo screams bat and turns into a bat. A hundred percent. So good. Laszlo is great. Laszlo, I thought was just amazing before this, and then after this, it put him on the next level, and that is when he started pronouncing the word Manhattan. <laughs> and if, if you haven't watched what we do in the shadows, please do, because it is worth it just to get, like, I don't know, six, seven episodes into the first season to hear Laszlo say Manhattan. And I need you to know that I, I'm very clearly, I'm saying Manhattan. That's what he's saying, too. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, anyway, he cracks me up. He's so funny. Uh, the whole thing with Gregor and Nadia is perfect. So his uh, her lover through the ages that is reborn every however many years. Keeps getting uh, brutally murdered. and Always decapitated. Always, always decapitated, decapitated every single time. We find out always decapitated by Laszlo. Yes. Even better, Which sometimes by accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes by accident. <laughs> Which is just perfect. Uh, so good. Nandor, obviously the king of just See, understatement, the, as understatement, you put it. And he generally, I think over the course of it, is great as some of the line delivery that Laszlo has. I think consistently Nandor's line delivery and pronunciation is mm-hmm. the funniest on the show. Yeah. The, like whether it be the creepy paper or the superb owl party or some of the other, any of the other stupid things that you've been sending me, you know, the, the pinata farmer. Like, <laughs> I, I just like, I, yeah, that, that the pinata farmer thing was, it was too much. Like it got to the point of like, sometimes it's, it's so on the nose, but for what it's because the way he delivers it that it's funny and it's like is it racist when it's a a vampire saying it i don't know (laughs) it feels like it is but i feel like we can also kind of allow it because he's 500 years old and from eastern europe like what exactly is going on here like because it's not that like it's while there is a considerable lack of dane that he often has for guillermo Uh and all things guillermo that doesn't feel like he's saying it out of a place of hatred in any way, shape, or form. Like, yeah. he truly believes that his family farms pinatas. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, I think there's also something to be said for Guillermo, who is the vehicle for the audience, yet it starts to go even more over the top in the towards the very end of the first season. So, like, he, it almost... He, he separates himself from the audience a bit and becomes his own real character by then. Uh, when he finds out that he has a certain percentage of bloodline in him. <laughs> that is Van Helsing. <laughs> and just the spectacular way in which he kills so many vampires. Yeah. Is, I mean, it's like roughly 50% of the first episode of the second season is just a montage of him killing vampires. Yep. Spectacularly. Dragging them away, finding clever ways to get rid of the bodies. So good. So good. Uh, it the show it really cracks me up. Now you one of the episodes that you had mentioned in the past that I was excited about and like kind of forgot because it's been a while. It had been a while since we talked about it, but the the episode with the vampiric council oh my God. is an incredible treat. And uh, I'm going to explain this on on the show to you audience, even if you haven't seen it, and it's not going to ruin it for you because it really is. You still have you to literally see it. have to see it. The 
concept of and you know what? It's worth being ready for this and having your phone ready and re- and because you're gonna have to look up certain people and remember who they are. Uh, because that's that's great. That on top of there's an article out there of every reference that's made to every vampire, which is really good. Yes. But starts off with a couple of people that you're like, who is that? Uh, I forget who they. I, I know that one of them was uh, Dave Batista. Yeah, that's and great. I only know that the, because the, his the delivery like, was very Drax. Yes. The there's the the girl who's kind of like their guide, who's like Kristen Schaal. That's uh, right. She's a comedian who's in like everything. Mm-hmm. I forget who the other isn't it another vampire who's waiting trial with Dave Bautista is another woman right is yes who is she I forget I can't I can't remember but they think that they've been in the room for a thousand years and it's been seventy and it's perfect no <laughs> is that what it not was? a thousand it was no it was like a hundred years or something like that wasn't it like no they think they've been in the room for a thousand years oh. Oh yes, okay, yeah. Like, wasn't it like almost a hundred years or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Then we get into the actual uh, council. Hang on a second. Awaiting trial for the worst crime other than vampiricide that a vampire could commit, and that is making another vampire who is a right. baby. That's right. <laughs> which we know who did it, which is probably the best part. Yes. Uh, so we get the, we re- meet the rest of the council head of, well, not head of, but MC of the ceremony. Uh, it, like uh, MC, that's a little redundant. MC is master of uh, ceremony of the ceremonies. Is, of ceremonies is uh, Taika Waititi, which is great. No, uh, because he wasn't, he wasn't the MC. I thought, yeah, he was. I thought, what's her name was? No, no, she's the head of the council. Well, okay. But he was, he was leading the ceremony, <laughs> which that was first off that reveal of. Tilda <laughs> was was the first thing, thing that I realized was oh like oh we're actually getting it like there's a, there's a other people here that are like known actors and actresses for playing vampires and <laughs> we start going around the room and uh, the constant introducing someone and them going dark readings dark readings dark readings, <laughs> dark readings. <laughs> that really cracked me up um, and then uh, the occasional hiss which is perfect. <laughs> And then we couldn't get Kifa. He was busy. <laughs> Did they make Tom, Brad? Brad? They yeah, don't Tom want. Brad, they, they, yeah. They've moved on from this. <laughs> what, we have Wesley Skype? calling it on Skype, and then that, a whole bunch of them go, "Ugh, that Daywalker." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's oh, it's Paul so good. Rubens, Danny Trejo, Evan Danny Trejo with, uh, with his what do they say? They say something about his signature tattoos, which I think was great. Oh, I don't remember. With his shirt off, of course. Oh no, he had had, like cut off sleeves, right, or something like that. He's he. It's cut off sleeves of just the jacket. He's got no shirt on under the jacket. Oh yeah, like he has like a vest on with cut off sleeves and no shirt. Yes, right, right. Yeah. Oh man, Evan Rachel Wood. uh, Yeah. All three of the main ones from what we do in the shadows: Jermaine Clement, who's running the show, obviously. Taika Waititi, who's directed a couple episodes, and I don't know the name of the third guy who was also in the them. Right, um, but oh my goodness, is it good? Oh, the baby, the baby's on the. Oh, and the baby, which you don't realize <laughs> until towards the end of that scene, is and then they pan over to the baby and ask it a question, and he starts screaming. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Man, it's a treat. That show is a treat. It's so funny, and I keep laughing. I keep laughing out loud and doing that thing where like I look and there's nobody else there. I'm like, ah, oh. you know, <laughs> but uh. We'll have to see if I can get Kim into it. 
Uh, yeah, I, it's funny because this whole time I've been like, man, Anthony's going to love this show. I don't understand why he's like not watching this. And honestly, I, I thought that, that Kim would like it too, which is why I, I, I pitched it to you because I know it's easier if you know you have buy-in from her as well. Because yeah, yeah. Both have a ton of stuff you already watch. Um, That's right. Separate and together. So I try and make as many of my recommendations to you that I think you'll be able to get with hers because it's easier. This way you don't have to like try and prioritize it against the other things that are only what you're watching. That's right. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, but we'll we'll see. I think I might be able to to win her over with this one because it's it's funny. It's one of those ones. that It's like you can explain it as much as you want, but there's you have to experience it. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, also, their ability to drop a curse at just the right moment. Like, I understand that they probably have a limited number of them that they can use based on wherever they're airing. You know, they must have really figured out how to game the system because there are so many fucks in the second season. <laughs> well, I love when they're when they're just at it, like, when you think that, like, honestly, they wasted one entire one. I, Laszlo just goes, oh, fuck, when Colin Robinson walks in the room. <laughs> and it's so good. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. In the second season, there's so many of them. Uh, my favorite one is my, and it's again, it's a line of everything. Is Nandor when he goes, "Fucking guy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's usually it's, it's usually about Colin Robinson, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yep. I think there might have been one or two that he did for for someone else, but I think it's mostly about Colin. Uh, oh but that was him. <laughs> cracks me up. Oh uh, yeah, Laszlo and Nadja will just go, "Oh fuck," you know, randomly. Yeah. So good. The show is on net on FX. I don't understand. <laughs> Get away with so many fucks. Is it FX or FXX or FX on Hulu? Uh, <laughs> it Hi, is Brian. available to watch on Hulu, but it's not an FX on Hulu. It is, sure. I believe, FX proper, but maybe it's FXX. I don't remember. So then, so I'm watching that, and uh, which is the perfect balance to the other thing that I'm watching, which is Dexter. Well, I have just uh, started the fourth season of Dexter. I forgot. I am burning through Dexter. <laughs> You're gonna probably slow down after the fourth season, but you well, are it's in funny. the peak of it. So well, that's so that's what I've heard. I will say that the first season is fantastic. Yes. Uh, the second and third are okay. I didn't think they were particularly great. I really like the third season for one specific reason. It does something that no other season does, and it's a window into the character of Dexter in a way that nothing else is. And it's that Dexter makes a friend. Uh, yeah. He makes an honest to God friend who he, it's the first time he tries to share with someone else mm-hmm. who and what he is. It's the first time that he believes that there's even the slightest inkling that someone could accept him for who he is. And so through that lens, I found that season to be really compelling. That's okay. I could understand that. I will say that there's something to be said for uh, television shows that were made for a time that was not the time of binging. It's I think that is actually hampering my enjoyment a little bit. I probably should spread them apart a little bit. Yeah, no, it's definitely although, you know, no, I watched I watched most of the entire run of the show in like two and a half weeks so well i, 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 I think part of it is like with, with a with a series like this if it were to be made today in a, an environment like a netflix or something like that i feel like it would be maybe an eight episode season as opposed to like a 12 and i do think that it it tends to drag but i've only felt that in the second and third i did not feel that way in the first season 
Okay, I mean that could just. But be we'll see. The expanding world was still like you know setting the chessboard for you. Maybe. Um, it's funny because actually going back, I think that show did some things inventively from a structure standpoint. I mean, they have kind of a killer of the week thing, but not every single week, right? They have a big overarching plot line. But there's something now that I'm thinking about that they kind of was a precursor to what I felt like was a revolutionary idea in billions as that show got out of the gates past its first season or so, in which they'll pick up and drop storylines during the course of a season in little clusters that sometimes they tie off in a bow and sometimes they come back again later in the season or in a future season. And I actually like that because I think at that time Hmm. there wasn't a ton of shows structured in that way. Sure. Um, Which I appreciate. Um, That is still one of my favorite shows of all time. I won't say it's the best show, although the first four seasons are really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, the second season loses the thread a little bit at times, but overall I thought it was really high quality. So I'd actually be curious to dive into that a little bit and see what was going on as far as like, uh, Showtime and the series, because it almost feels like they were prepared for an ending and then realized that they were okay and pivoted away from it. Well, for one thing, I think around that time, the, there was only two or three books out. And I know they changed pretty substantially from the source material, but I think that Mm. at least parts of it, some of the major storylines were picked up for the show. So I think they kind of do a Game of Thrones type pivot where it's like, oh, we're doing our own thing now. Like, that's cute that you're going to keep writing the books, but we don't really need you anymore. Yeah. But at that time, much less dense of a text overall drawing from. So it was easier to do that. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. I will say that the way that the second season was going, it's like I, it's it was almost a detriment that I knew there were more seasons because while it was playing out as the audience member, like if you told me that this like that it was a two season show, like it would have made perfect sense to me. Whereas like in the audience, you're like he doesn't see it. There's not really a way out for him, and then the way out is a little clunky. A little bit. Um... I will say that Lila was always a wild card that was going to have to come back around. Sure, but I just there it was too messy and too unplanned for there to be like no trace back. I will say that's probably the worst example through most of the first few seasons of mm. the cops just basically throwing their hands up in the air, being like, "Oh, well, no, I don't know." Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah, like, like <laughs> yeah. this doesn't make any sense. Oh well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Like an NPC in a stealth game yeah. that like spotted you yeah. and then is like, I guess it's fine. And then you slowly kill that person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm watching but Dexter. I'm on the fourth season. I'm, I'm enjoying my, 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 my run through. I'm also watching Lucifer uh, this new season so far. Nothing special. But what, what I will say for the final four, while they're not as inherently I'll say good or like of quality. They are still fun. At least I found Mm. Um, there's still a lot of entertainment to mind in those next several. Sure. You will notice a drop off in the overall quality. Like season four is pretty much a masterpiece. Okay. Um, it, it it's already starting off pretty strong. I will I will say that uh, I one of the things that I've been noticing a while, like I, I feel like each season at some point I've turned to Kim and been like, 
is he in nothing else? <laughs> because he's he's really good. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good actor. I think he's one of those guys who's a little weird as like a creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see him in Hedwig on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is like he's done a bunch of Broadway stuff, which wouldn't have been what I would expect the guy who plays the serial killer. To do. Sure. Um, he's done some writing and directing stuff. He was in. I never got around to seeing the movie, but I was a little curious to see uh, Kill Your Darlings. It had, um, it was it Dean DeHaan and, um, oh my God, I totally forgot the name of Harry Potter. Um, that guy. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe? Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. That was awesome. Drew a blank there. Um, he was in Game Night, which was funny in such a random role. Uh, and he was in that movie Gamer, and Dominic loves this one sequence with him at the end of the movie, and it's truly ridiculous. Okay. He's the bad guy in that movie, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him in more stuff. But uh, anyway, that's that's what I'm watching. Now, I know you had you had something. Is it something that I need to watch? What, what oh, yeah, with? yeah. Let me what, find what's going this on here? link real quick and drop okay. this in the chat. So... A bit of context for everyone when, right before we got started recording, uh, I asked Anthony if he was familiar with the music video for Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. And so I'm sending him a link to another video that came out a couple of weeks ago. We were supposed to do this on the show last week. Anthony has no knowledge of this. I didn't tell him what we would be doing. He's hopefully going to be sharing his screen when he opens this video. Uh, yeah, I'll get there one second. Um... So this is a, I don't want to say what it is until he opens it and sees it, but this is a thing that happened. It's a collaboration. Oh, okay. (laughs) So it's, it's open. So I don't know how, what, why, or where this happened, but for some reason, I guess Claudio Sanchez lead singer, co-lead guitarist of, uh, Coheed and Cambria had in his mind an idea quite some time about a sequel to Jesse's girl. And he pitched it to Rick Springfield and the Coheed Cambria and Rick Springfield made a song called Jesse's girl Two, And they made a music video for it. And we're going to play that song while me and Anthony watch this music video. So far, so good. The artwork is great. Right? It's a combination of real life and soul shading that it's just wonderful. Yeah, and it's incredibly 80s. <laughs> 80s plus selfies. Wow. Oh my god. I'm at the I'm at the art style. <laughs> this is so stupid. This is just I would say it's as stupid as the original video, but that's not accurate. 
that was a that was worrisome. If you haven't seen the original Jesse's Girls video, you should watch that. Well, it's great because this flips it all on its head, right? Sure. There's a lot of close-ups of sadness. Well, I mean, as you follow the story, he's pretty depressed. Did he just... Did he just <laughs> sing the phone number 8675309 in a different tune? Uh, it was actually 8675305. Oh. Why? <laughs> well, more on that after, because I think we're cutting out the music. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh boy. Oh. This is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, she took your keys. <laughs> we all saw it. Oh, that was cool. That was the best part of the video. Oh my god. No, the dog! I love it that she comes back. The the, the one who played Jesse's yep. girl in the original That's video. pretty cool. <laughs> That's great. That was uh, I thought this a thing, huh? Oh yeah, that was a whole thing for sure. What? I thought that was kind of a fun little uh, thing. We don't usually do stuff like that. No, so, that's, that, that's. I thought I'd surprise you with that. I thought it was fun. yeah, I, that was a, that was ridiculous. Uh, I, necessary? All, would, Is it necessary no, I mean, for least, me to drink my least, own urine? The least necessary. <laughs> the least necessary thing in the world. But how great? Who even thinks about? I got to follow up to Jesse. Right. Girl. Right. <laughs> and then it's like, well, so okay, Jesse's girl too. <laughs> Why and what specifically? Right. And it's well, just think about this. You want Jesse's girl so bad, but what if you got her? What does that mean exactly? Yeah. And it's exploring that actually ended up being kind of a cool little story sure. right? where it's like, and I love how like they set it up early too, where he's like, you know, in retrospect, Jesse didn't seem too broken up when I stole his girl. Oh god, she's insane. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. It's like that's the type of person who would jump from one friend to another. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, for anyone who was listening to it and enjoyed the song but didn't watch the video, she's, you know, steals some guy at the bar's cell phone. She's taking selfies of herself 
and then drops it off next to the guy's girlfriend. Right. She sees those pictures of this hot girl in the bathroom with his phone. So stupid. You got she she's hustling people at pool. She grabs a huge fucking knife while playing darts and hits a fucking bullseye with her. It, it was a catchy tune though. Yeah, so there's yeah. that. There's that was that. great because there are like definitely elements of it feels like the original. Yeah, it, 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 it's definitely a, a mashup for sure. Uh, but no, that was that was ridiculous. Thank you for that. I, <laughs> I uh, didn't know I needed that, but I I'm glad I have it. Yeah. Are you ready for some fun and games? Wait, hang on a second, because I still have more. You have more news, news and nuggets. Well, we didn't actually discuss what. I mean, to be fair, it's not really anyone's fault that my computer was on the brink of death or whatever. Um, so I have a couple of little things okay. here. Um, today, they officially announced when the return of Mandalorian Season 2 is. Okay. It, it, I, if, actually, I was waiting for you to go, the answer may surprise you, <laughs> and, then, and then not tell us what it is. Did I have clickbait voice? Is that what happened? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Um, it's October 30th is when the first Ooh, episode will be dropping. That's soon. Well, I guess originally it had been promoted as October. Oh, okay. And we now have a, a firm date of October 30th. Nice. That's exciting. That's something to look forward to. Man, I forgot. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. The the, the weekly check-in on that show, Mandawatch? <laughs> well, it was the first... <laughs> Mandawatch. It was the first... Thing, which admittedly, I guess it wasn't really that far, but we, I mean, there was essays essentially written about how the the, the monoculture was officially dying mm-hmm. at the end of Game of Thrones. And for one brief moment out of the abyss came this new show that all of us needed to yeah, see. Yeah, Mandalorian and Baby Yoda said, hold my beer. <laughs> hold my Jawa juice. On a juice. weekly basis. <laughs> yeah, on a weekly basis and talk about it with everyone. And it's like that we didn't think we'd ever have yeah. it again. Um, even something like, you know, that's ascended to the like the middle of the zeitgeist, like succession. Um, it didn't feel essential to discuss on a weekly basis like that, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't have as big of a sure a, as a draw as those other two. There was also like, the there, there was definitely like we can't lose sight. Like there is the novelty of like it's Star Wars. It's height of Star Wars excitement when it started. So like there's like all of that too, which is. And also the whole Perfect first recipe. thing with first thing that's coming out new on Disney Plus uh, right. new service. Almost everyone had free access to it for that season mm-hmm. to come around, which is exactly what they wanted. Well, also like um, a streaming service specifically marketed as a streaming service that wasn't going to do the full drop at once. Like was standing against that on its own, which was pretty cool. On on principle, yeah. and, it, and it paid. I off agree. In a big yeah, way. I agree. So anyway, I was super excited That's about awesome. that. I knew you were I'm very excited. excited. That's the end of that note. Uh, and then my final new slash note uh, the other day. Um, they have been fucking teasing us. This has been years upon years, and we have almost nothing about it. Um, the creative team at Bioware dropped a new teaser about Dragon Age 4, mm. which still feels like it's several years away, sure. <laughs> which is insane to me because it's technically been in some shape or form of development for already about five or six years. Oh, interesting. Um, I do believe there was kind of a soft reboot at some point a couple of years ago on all of that, but they set the world on fire for uh, whatever, 
12 second fucking clip that it was it was an e3 or the video game awards one of the games where they maybe it was gamescom i don't remember um where they showed the little lyrium idol from dragon age 2 oh are you talking about the original time they did this i think that was e3 yeah that was like a few was a while back it was like two or three years ago i think so um with the voiceover from solus uh from dragon age inquisition and that was nuts because no one was expecting it. There was no announcement that there was going to be an announcement. Mm-hmm. And there's just like, it was so unmistakably Dragon Age when it came on. It was like, oh, and it was like, nothing. Just this exists. That was all it was is, hey, guys, this officially exists. We've told you that it kind of semi-officially exists. You guys are speculating, like, you know, because you're all sharks with blood in the water about the struggles Bioware was going through at the time. That, oh, they're going to cancel Dragon Age. Uh, nope. Fuck you guys. Here it is. You're not getting it for a few years. Yeah. The, I, I very much remember when that happened because I was watching it. Uh, and I remember the crowd going crazy and me going, I'm not going to fall what into this? this. I don't know what this is. Because <laughs> I, like, I, I don't want to fall into that situation that Andy found himself in in Parks and Rec where he's like, I don't know what it is. And frankly, I feel like I'm it's too far gone that I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> Fair. I well, I was just saying it's it was that's what I'm saying. It was so unmistakably and specifically Dragon Age that if you weren't an actual diehard fan of the series, there is no way you could even through context guess what it mm. was. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know, you know, yeah. and you lost your shit when that happened. Um, so this had very little actual on-screen details about what's going on, but they showed some cool landscape stuff. Um, they showed some stills of some characters. We don't know any of the names of any of the new characters, and yet they had little clips that were including interviews with voice actors for new characters, mm. including their names. And it's like, I don't know who That's that is, funny. but this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> And then they had like the whole major creative team, Mark Dara, who's been the guy who's been running Dragon Age for quite some time. And he's been involved since the first game. Casey Hudson, who's in charge. Um, Dave Gator, a couple of. So that's all really cool. Them talking about the game, talking about making the game, what it means for them to be working on it. Uh, so light on actual hard concrete stuff. Sure. And yet still exciting as shit. Cool. <laughs> that's, that sounds fun for you. Yes. Um, if, if, if it looks good, I'll way, check it out. Um. I would say, I know you, uh, I mean, I guess you have plenty of time because this is, like I said, this is probably three years away. Uh, if you ever wanted to jump into Dragon Age now, I guess would be the time because it'll take you that long to finish all of it. Uh, mm. <laughs> it'd be worth it. I think it'd be the type of thing you would enjoy to whatever extent. But I figured it was even better timing because this week's episode of Game Bites was me joining for the first time to talk about Bioware, mm-hmm. the first of our, what is it? 37 part series that's on right. Bioware. That's going to be happening over the next couple of years. That's right. Uh, <laughs> 37. Not in a row. No. Not <laughs> God, no. Well, we haven't recorded the second that's right. yet, so it literally can't be. Yeah. That, uh, the schedule of that show puts us to shame. Uh, cause we got, we got episodes on episodes <laughs> stacked away. <laughs> Well, a couple of things. One, most of them don't have to be super time sensitive. Two, it's intended to be um, short. It's it's, it's intended short to be short and isn't. We have fun. I mean, you we guys, have fun. You, you guys have had a couple episodes that were like thirty minutes long. Yeah, maybe like two. <laughs> 
I did say a couple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's it's fun. Yeah, you guys should tune into Game Bites if you are interested in video games in any way, shape, or form. Uh, any other news and nuggets before we move into it? No, let's have some fun. Fun games. and games. All right. For this week's fun and games, I have a quiz. Which classic 80s film character are you? I love this whole thing. You know, we got some Jesse's Girl. We got some Jesse's yeah. Girl 2. We got some Diner, yeah. which I, I don't ch- know if we've technically said it in this one. <laughs> I, I, uh, it was made in the 80s. It is set in the late 50s. Yes. Uh, I definitely had you listed as 1980s East before I changed it to Dribble Decker East, just to be clear. Okay. Uh, which of these is your biggest flaw? Naivete? Rebelliousness? Materialism? Hot-headedness. Uh, I don't think any of those is particularly a big flaw for myself. I have plenty of flaws, but I wouldn't say any of those are. Sorry, it was naivete. What was Rebelliousness? That? Materialism? Hot-headedness? Hmm. Uh, I guess rebelliousness, technically? Okay. What can you be caught doing on your day? Shopping? Dancing? Going to a museum? Going to an adventure park. Going to an adventure park. (laughs) I'm assuming that was on the day off. It just says on your day. It's not a very good Uh, quiz. I never said that it was. Let's go with an adventure park. In a Prius? I I don't win often. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I enjoyed a nice trip to Six Flags once in a while. In high school, you were known as the nerd, princess, Dancer. Ditcher. The what? Ditcher? Oh, like Ditcher yeah. class. Got it. Whew, again, this is not exactly all encompassing. Princess? Uh, let's, <laughs> let's go with nerd. I, I wish you were like, I guess we'll go with Dancer. <laughs> I'm like, uh, more on that, please. I probably would have been more likely to be known as Princess than Dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Which 80s car would you be seen driving in? BMW? Ferrari? DeLorean? Chevrolet 57. Yeah. It's the only right answer on that list. Which of these words best describes you? Classy, confident, generous, strong-willed. Which of these describe me the best, mm-hmm. you said? Classy, generous, strong-willed. Confident. Go with generous. Okay. Choose your ideal date. Romantic candlelit dinner in the park. Flamenco show. Dinner at a fancy <laughs> restaurant. Rock concert. Um, I guess Tanner at a fancy restaurant. Okay. It's Friday night. Oh my god, the picture they chose for this question is sexy chocolate. It's Friday night. What? Are you not familiar with sexy chocolate? I don't think so. Of Coming to America? That sounds... That's the name of the band that, uh... They are, uh, they're singing, uh, I believe the children are our future. Teach us well. You remember that? And he then, yeah, he then wants applause and holds his hands up and he goes, sexy chocolate. (laughs) And he drops the microphone and walks away when nobody claps. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. It's Friday night. Where are you? On a date with my family, with my best friend out partying. Uh, well lately it's been with my family because of the pandemic. Okay. Choose a song. Twist and Shout, Time Bomb Town, I've Had the Time of My Life, Don't You Forget About Me. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that second one was. Uh, I'm going to go with Don't You Forget About don't, Me. Don't, don't, don't you. Calculating results. 
What are we going to get? Oh, nice. You got Marty McFly. Oh, All right. You got Marty. Just like Marty, you're a fearless. You are a fearless and courageous. Full stop. <laughs> you, <laughs> you love to take risks and go on journeys. At times, you tend to lack critical thinking skills because you're always looking wow. for an adventure. Nevertheless, you are incredibly quick-witted and intelligent. You're, I feel like those were <laughs> counterpoint. Optimatic. Yeah, you are adorable for your loyalty to your family and friends. I'm assuming that's supposed to say you're adored for, but you're adorable for. <laughs> this is a good quiz. <laughs> it's written yeah. well. It's written good. It's a well written quiz. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good written it's quiz. It's a good written quiz. <laughs> oh my goodness. With that, let us get into our flick. Of the week. Diner, released in 1982, rated R, in an hour and 50 minutes. Uh, your IMDb synopsis. A group of college-age buddies struggle with their imminent passage into adulthood in 1959 Baltimore. It's actually a perfect synopsis. Um, Al, why don't you uh, kick us off with your tweet length review? Sure, I'm just pulling it up on my phone because I forgot that my computer didn't have it up. Right. <laughs> An interesting, grounded, heartfelt look at growing up in a different time. A companion piece to Greece without the whimsy and a little more of an edge. Hmm. Seven out of ten. Okay. All right. So Diner is a perfect portrayal of friendship, coming-of-age pivot points, and quiz-based engagements. It embodies <laughs> the classic 80s movie feel while managing to set itself apart from the rest, paving the way for the situational story about nothing. Nine out of ten. Yeah, it's funny if you, you say pave, paving the way because... This was, it feels like, and chronologically, it is among the first of the 80s movies. Mm -hmm. Before, like, quote-unquote, 80s movies was a thing. Yeah. Like, I'm sure someone is going to be able to think of a movie that came out in 1981. Sure. That's, you know, one of the classic 80s ones. But, but it's a, it's a good enough jumping-off point as any. Yeah, like, I'm just thinking, like, 82, like, this is chronologically before a lot of, like, 16 Candles, Ferris mm -hmm. Bueller, like all of the like Goonies, like all of those movies, I'm pretty sure it came out from like 84 to 88 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, for, for sure. It's a, uh, it's, I feel like it's like one of those movies where you're like, you watch it and the only way that you can describe, like, I feel like you would describe other movies as a diner like rather than the other way around. I guess technically that's what I'll start having to do um, just because like that chronologically now feels right. Mm -hmm. uh, I gotta say, I ultimately was a little disappointed about this one. Hmm. I was expecting more. It sounds like you got more because yeah. you gave it a nine. I, like it was, a, it was a good movie. It was fine. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I just had a preconceived notion of it. I think I thought it was going to be funnier. Okay. That might've been part of it. Um, and it, like it had, a couple of chuckles throughout it, but it wasn't a comedy. No, no, it's it, I, it's a it, it it has like a like a weirdly real feel to it. I there's something about it that really uh, it hit home the first time I watched it, and then upon rewatching, I actually found it funnier the second time. Um, remembering where things were going and how it was playing out, and like really getting to like uh, not like worrying so much about what the next scene is and kind of living in the scene because like there's a lot of really great stuff, especially with Paul Reiser, that's really funny. Yeah, it's it's funny because this is the type of movie where I'm not gonna feel super compelled to rewatch this. Like it's the mm. same thing if I'm if I'm if I'm clicking through the channels and nothing on and it's on, I would throw it on and watch for sure. sure. 
Um, but it's not something I would have said, Ooh, you know, I haven't watched Diner in a while. Like, let me yeah. sit down and watch that, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. But I could see with the benefit of hindsight how rewatching this would probably help deepen your appreciation of the movie. And yeah. You have me at a disadvantage because you've seen it twice and I've seen it once. And mm-hmm. I remember you bringing it up on the show when you saw it. it was about a year ago, maybe? I was so it's funny. I had this conversation with Kim. It was like four years ago that I had seen it the first time. Oh, really? Because no, I like I remember you bringing it up on the show, and I don't know why I thought it was tied to when you had watched it. Uh, I think something we were talking about related to it. I'm pretty sure, but I vaguely remember the scenario of flipping through. There was a point when I lived in the apartment in Lynnhurst, uh, down the block from Medieval Times, as you know. Yeah, uh, so that was definitely before we started recording the show. Yeah, so. and I was. I remember sitting there. I was flipping because I was going through this phase of like every couple of nights flipping through because we had cable at the time and we had like all these on-demand channels of like like oh like what's on here and uh finding like just finding movies that like i had either heard about or the, the synopsis sounded good and just putting it on and just like diving in like giving myself like kind of like five minutes to find something and then just playing something without without digging too deep and you know, uh, i think it's funny that you mentioned that because didn't i say something about that on like recently in regards to yeah, yeah mm-hmm. to, netflix to netflix watching and you're like Oh, there's so much. I'm like, no, no, no. you just you got to do it. Like- yeah. The, well, this was the time I was actually doing pretty good with it. Like I was, I had actually seen a bunch of movies in a row that way. I saw this. I saw The Rock. Um, the, I saw like Dinner with Friends. I think was another one that I really enjoyed. Like every and every one that I picked, I ended up enjoying. And it was because I was going off synopsis alone. And uh, then, and on top of that, maybe taking a peek at who else is who's in it because that was like a, a good way to, to determine whether or not I'd be interested. And uh, this, I read the synopsis of this. I was like, this is. This feels like a movie that is like right up my alley. And then I watched it when it was over. I was like, how have I never seen this before? Why is nobody talking about this? That's what I was thinking. And then I started hearing about it everywhere. Fuck. What was the name of that? Uh, I just heard that recently too. There's a name for that term. And it's like a, like a, 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 a sorry, there's a, like a term for that, like, like phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot what it is. I know it's a like a term that I like you you know everyone like has heard it mm-hmm. and like you're like, oh that's what that is, you know what I mean? Um, which is kind of funny considering what it's um in reference to. Um it's the something effect is what it's called. And mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what it was now. Yeah. But uh it's it's funny because I I went through that myself because I had never even heard of this movie. At least I don't think I had ever heard of this movie sure. before you mentioned it on the show. And then a couple of months later, I heard it come up in an interview. And then a few months later, I heard it on an armchair. Yeah. And like, un- like again, a reference of like, oh, like, is it like a slick like, kind of like a seminal movie at it, like in its time that it kind of spawned off a lot of movies after it. And I was like, huh. Okay. So I was intrigued to watch it if, for no other reason than that. Mm-hmm. I think I discussed that feeling um, a few weeks ago when we talked about when I had seen North by Northwest That's for right. the first time and how. I would like to deepen my knowledge of those things. I'll say quote unquote classic movies in mm-hmm. the sense that um, a lot of movies after them aren't drawing inspiration from those movies. Right. And so I'm curious to see how my feeling for that and this movie grows as I then encounter or re-encounter other movies. It's like, Oh yeah, I could see how like diner might've contributed to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, there's something, there's definitely something there. Um, that like feeds a lot of what came after it's 
And I, I do think that what's special, like the movie takes place, I'm pretty sure, like over the course of four or five days. Um, I believe it yeah, starts on like Christmas least, Eve it, and ends on New Year's Day. Yeah, something like that. I was like, like, yeah, like it was at least a week or two, something like that. Yeah, yeah so maybe a week. Yeah, that's uh, that that which was which was cool because I didn't, I never, I didn't piece that together like the first time. Like these are things that I was paying a little bit closer attention to, and like especially upon like thinking about it after watching it, I was like, when the movie ended, I was like. How long was that? Like in movie time, and then realizing like it's 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 a snapshot, right? It's a snapshot of all of these a people at time. a turning point, and it's like yeah. a it's. I think there's something really cool because nothing. I mean, I would say arguably nothing happens because characters are given an opportunity to to pivot, but you're just seeing a snapshot. You know that. It, you know, as in life, like you will have a chance to pivot multiple times. It's like, are they going to take it? Like we're mostly concerned with like our main character who is kind of going down a bad path of gambling and getting in too deep and he's given an out, but he's also Was given he the main an character. I, I want to say yes. And the reason why <laughs> is he, I feel like the majority of the storyline focuses on him. He may, maybe not main character might not be the best way, but he's like the anchor. It's funny because whenever I felt like I had a good handle as to who the main character was, I ended up being wrong mm. or at least feeling like I was wrong. And yet it never truly feels like an ensemble either. Sure. It, it's, it, it, a, it is odd in that way, for sure. There's a lot of times where, like, I think of something like, I think you would generally say that Jason Biggs was the main character of American Pie. But sure. it's an ensemble, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's about... The four or five, the five of them, I guess, technically. And the majority of the movie, they're all together. I mean, like, we get little scenes with one of them on their own or with, you know, with other people or whatever. But most of the movie, it's all of them or most of them together, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you there. But I will say that it's almost more clear cut in an American Pie that Jason Biggs is the main character. Whereas in this yes. one, it's a little bit more confusing. I will say, I think the movie opens and closes with... Why can't I remember it? Uh, Boogie? Boogie? <laughs> but, uh... Does, does it, I guess? It definitely so. opens. I'm not certain about closes. Oh, well, it closes with all of them. It's actually a snapshot of all of them, which is actually yeah. pretty cool. It's a pr- cool closer. But basically, like, he, like he's, the, he's the example that I'm going to give of, like, he's, he's, given, uh, he's given a pass, and he has a way out of the, the poor choices that he's making at the end of the movie. However, if you really think about it, He's been given the pass numerous times throughout the movie. So it's like, it's not clear cut that this is where he turns around. This is just a snapshot, like I said, of like these characters. Like they build up enough about them where you like kind of understand each one of them. You get enough of an understanding of their background and who they are and how they are and their interests and what they like and (laughs) and what they do. But where they go, you don't really know. And that's not what it's about. I feel like it's just a picture, which I think is a really cool way of doing a movie. Like, like, and it's like, it would be so easy to do wrong, I feel like, because normally if that were to happen, you'd be like, nothing happened in that movie. But in this case, it's like, nothing happened and so much happened. <laughs> which is so weird. And on the topic of, well, it was funny because not knowing this movie even existed. I was like, well, okay. So like, I know I've heard some people mention this, like, Oh, like this was an important movie and okay, fine. 
But man, I must have heard about it if it had a lot of famous people and it couldn't have had a lot of famous people. Kevin Bacon, yeah. uh, Mickey Rourke, Daniel Stern. I was like, oh, wow, I know a lot of these people. Uh, uh, what, what's, Steve what's Gutenberg. Um, it's a name I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, oh you, yeah, I, I believe that in every, in most of the, most of the recent stuff where this has come up again in interviews, they refer to him as the Goot, which I think is pretty great. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, we also, I'm not familiar with uh, the Goot. Yeah, D- Daniel Stern. That was a, that was fun. I was like Marv, uh, Paul Reiser, who was great in this. Like I, I mentioned it earlier, but he's really funny in this movie. That's another name that I know, but I'm not like. I wouldn't say that. He was in uh, the sitcom Mad About You. Okay. Um, which I didn't watch, but... That's Hel- Helen Hunt? Uh, I believe so, yeah. And then he's also... Let me see. What else is in? He's in Aliens as really? Burke. He was in uh, He was in Whiplash. I definitely don't remember. Beverly Hills Cop. He's, was he the friend who gets killed? In... Who was he in Beverly Hills Cop? Uh... Jeffrey, I, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, I, I don't remember who it was. Like, I was wondering, was he the, the friend who gets killed at the beginning of the movie or whatever? Yeah, I, I do not, I don't remember because it's been a minute. But also, actually, uh, on that note, we are going to have to be doing those movies soon, and Brian will return for Beverly Hills Cop for sure. Why is this? Uh, we were both fans of it <laughs> when we were younger. <laughs> well, so was I. Uh, actually, it's funny that was one I was thinking about recently where. I've seen that movie so the first one so many times, mm-hmm. and it's probably been ten years since. I've yeah, seen it. yeah, I'm with you, I, and I feel like it'll be a treat to rewatch. Like I feel like I've seen that movie thirty times. Yeah, and all of them were between the age of like ten and like eighteen. That's it, right. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh man, uh, but uh, yeah. So yeah, he's a polarizer. Uh, he. I was reading a couple of things on the making of this movie that because there's a pretty lengthy oral history out there that you could read, which is pretty cool. But uh, there's a lot of talk about like the improvisation, the improvisational. Imp- oh, wow, it's improvisation. It's not coming out. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna try again. Improvisation. I know. I know. I know how to say it. I can't say it for some reason right now. So well, sometimes you, you need to hear it so that you can just mimic impro- it. It's not. I. My, it's not. A, it's not being allowed to come out. So we're gonna leave it there. The improv scenes, we'll do that. How about that? Uh, that he does. So one of the things I was reading was how the scenes shot at the diner as friends were all done at the end, specifically to allow the characters and actors time to get to know each other, to feel like friends, so that they could have a mm. good time. And if you really watch, if you're watching the movie, those scenes feel so natural. They feel like you at the diner late night with your friends. Yeah, I would say point to in particular the argument over the sandwich. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> just a- just ask me. Just ask me. Do you want a piece of my? I'll give you a piece of my sandwich. Just ask me if you want a piece. <laughs> that that really got me. And, and and I'm pretty sure I've watched that exact exchange in the past. <laughs> that that leads into uh, Modell following Eddie outside and the whole dance around driving him home. He does exactly it's so that good. Again. <laughs> it's so good. But he's they are good friends. And like yeah. he's he's gonna he's gonna like obviously take him. It's just a really funny thing. But it's like irritating. Wonders how they're friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> was Modell the one which is the one no sorry I guess it wasn't him. One of these guys was it Steve Gutenberg? No maybe not. I, I don't I'm I'm forgetting now who was who because I, I did watch this 
Um, one of the guys that seemed like they were being set up to being one of the main characters of the movie, and he's only in the diner scene. Um, only in the diner scenes. Like, he barely has any impact on the actual movie. Hmm. I'm not sure which guy you're talking about. I'm forgetting, because I just don't remember the name. Like, I, like, I'm looking at the names, but I don't remember. Like, I remember all of, like, the boogie stuff. Mm-hmm. The, I, I guess I should be able to like my process. Um, you remember Eddie? Eddie's the one that's getting married with the quiz. Okay, yeah. Um, There's a guy that is Eddie's brother, Eddie's best friend. Not clear. He comes home at some point during the movie, and I assume that it was his brother, but I well, it wasn't clear. That was Billy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's not his brother. It's just like just, best friend that went away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh so wait, no, can, wait. Can we pause on him for a second and how he has this built-up vendetta against the people that jumped him when he was playing baseball when he was a kid, and he is taking them out one by one. <laughs> <laughs> That was something. Uh, so I'm looking back at it. I'm pretty sure it's Modell. Modell's like not in the rest of the movie. That's a good point. You're right. He is in. He's in the diner. He's in the diner scene. That's it. Yeah. They, uh, well, and the uh, and he gives the speech that ends the movie. Sure. I'm just saying, like, he's basically not in any other of the scenes. Ba- just barely. He he is in. Like, he's there during a lot of it. He's just not. He's there during some of it, but he has no lines during any of it. Not much. No. He has no storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I like because I remember like the way the like the first couple scenes of the movie going on, it seemed like he was going to be set up as one of the main, and then like like I was halfway through the movie, he was like, "Where the fuck is yeah, he?" Does, yeah, he does, you're right. He's not. He doesn't have a. He's just kind of uh, like a supplemental piece to everything else going on. And then like they have another dinosaur scene, and he's there again. I'm like, okay, yeah. And then he disappears. And I'm like, look, where the <laughs> fuck is this guy? <laughs> I was like, is this going to be one of those things where, like, he comes up at the end and, like, he, like, shoots someone or he gets shot or something oh, like God. that? Like, that's what, like, they all rally around or something like that? Mm-hmm. Like, w- nope, he's just gone again. Oh, hey, look, there he's back. He's back for the end of the movie. And, like, I was like, where the fuck has this guy been the whole movie? Yeah. Uh, that's that's funny. I didn't even, I, I didn't think about that, but that's that's absolutely true. He's really not, he's not in any of, like, the core, like, he has no core storyline. He's just, yeah. he's just a and friend no impact of the group. on any of the other core storylines. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Anyway, that's kind of funny, though. Uh, what, what, do you have, do you have some favorite scenes? Um, <laughs> hang on a second. Let me, let me consult my notes that I don't recall writing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'll tell you one of my favorite scenes, just because I had, like, a revelation in the middle of it. Uh, it shouldn't be my favorite scene because it's kind of f- fucked up, obviously. Uh, I'm just going to pose a question to you. Did Boogie invent Dick in a Box? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that is a funny scene in the context of the movie and the ridiculousness of their antics. Yes. yes. It's a horrible concept. Yes. Also, yes. The worst part about this is that he convinces her it was an accident. <laughs> That's the worst part about Wait. the scene. <laughs> First, convinces her it's an accident. Second, spins it into it's actually a compliment. Right. Right. Which then negates the whole accidental thing. It's sure. No, now that I've softened this... Now that nah, I've uh, softened this... Not really. <laughs> where you're, you're not mad at me anymore i'm just gonna erase that whole thing and just be like oh yeah no my dick got hard because you're hot yeah 
<laughs> oh man. And I, I need to do something about that. And it's specifically you grab it through the pop. Right. But <laughs> as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is ticking up. <laughs> and also like a bunch of different porn, but also sure. like step one, he cut a hole in the box and step two, he put his dick in that box. Yeah. Step three, she, she opened the box. The box. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, this is easily 20 years, 25 years before Dick in the Box was the thing. It's a good chance they were watching the movie when they came up with it. <laughs> well, when you consider that it apparently was an important and formational movie for a lot of people, I wonder whether, you know, one of the Lonely Island or Justin Timberlake had watched this movie and got that idea and made Dick in a Box I could out of it. Definitely see Andy Samberg getting there, making that leap. Yeah. Well, so like that whole thing obviously was, you know, fucked up, but very funny within the context of it. But the funniest part about it is they're all in the movie, yes. sitting around and behind him watching well yeah because there, there's this concept that where fenwick is meant to uh ensure that these bets are legit <laughs> so he you know it, it reminded me of did you ever see quiet man with john wayne with john wayne yes the quiet man no no okay so it reminded me of a fucked up version of a character in that movie because so he plays this famous american boxer who moves back to ireland his you know homeland and he is taken with this woman he wants to marry her but there they have to have a very traditional courtship Mm. which you know you have to petition the family in order to go on a date typically father in this case she her parents are dead and she only has an older brother who's the man of the house and they arrange to have a chaperone an actual chaperone who goes on the date with them to make sure nothing untowards happens and He's one of the funniest characters in the movie. You're probably the funniest character in the movie. The guy who's the chaperone is this old, drunk Irish dude. Uh, and it reminded me of that where it's like, he has to go on the date with them. Right. In this case, to make to sure. To ensure the, yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's your twist. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I, I have a couple here that I listed. Uh, one was obviously the roast beef slash ride home scene really was perfect. That that <laughs> one is very funny to me. I have the popcorn scene. Uh, potentially my favorite scene, because I actually uh, almost spit my drink out. Uh, I found this so funny in the moment. Uh, it's a little bit darker and sadder when you really think about it. But Fenwick and Boogie are driving and he, uh, Boogie sees the girl on the horse and he pulls over and he tries to talk to her. And he talks to her and she gives her, I forget what she says. Um, she basically blows him off, which, you know, which made sense in the concept and then in the context. And then he turns to Fenwick and he says something and he's like, like about what you just said. And he's not listening. He just goes, you ever think something else is going on? And we just don't know it. <laughs> and I was just like the way that he said it, like, it was just like, he was having this existential crisis in that moment. He wasn't even in the scene. He was just somewhere else entirely. Yeah. And that line is so funny to me, the way that he delivers it. And then Boogie like doesn't, he's not even shook like at all by it. And he just, they just gets in the car and they drive away. And <laughs> he doesn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's just so dark. I was like, if this is like, this character, everything that he does is a cry for help. That was an actual cry. <laughs> and <laughs> hey, bud, 
Can you talk me down off the ledge here? Yeah. And he's just all up in his own bullshit yeah. right now. <laughs> so that, like I said, funny, but also sad. And then the other one that cracked me up is when, uh, is it Elise? Basically, Eddie's fiance, who we, just, we never see her face. Uh, I had a note about that, too, because I was like, okay, like, are they just, like, at first I just thought it was kind of like a, oh, like, they don't. Like, it doesn't really matter, or like, we're not going to show her yet. And then it's like, we're getting more scenes where, like, she's a part of it. Like, she even ends up on screen, and I'm like... It's her back, though. Setting, I'm like, are you just setting it up for, like, a big reveal where, like, it's going to be a cameo of someone famous or something sure. like that? Nope. And they never no. show you her fucking face. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, what's the point of uh, that? Yeah, that was, that was a little weird. But it did lead to a great scene where she's in the room, taking the quiz... Uh, the quiz is over, Eddie walks out, close the door, and he just very calmly goes, the wedding is off. And he walks. <laughs> I think my favorite part was of that scene is when uh, when they all get super excited. Like, oh, I know this. And they say the answer, and he goes, I'm disqualifying the yeah. question. She goes, but I knew that one. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that whole, like, the whole concept of, like, this guy, it, like, she has to pass a quiz of, or the wedding is off, and they... Nobody seems to have a problem with it, including her, including her. or her family, or She's his family. Her, her father contributing questions to the quiz. <laughs> like, how has he not sat her down like, your fiance is a fucking... Right. Why are you marrying him? All right. And they had the, cult, like, the cult's colors at the wedding. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that, that's fine. That was funny. That part of it's fine. If that's all it is, and it's, like, <laughs> it's not a cult logo, if it's had, like, the theme to be the color of it, that's the type of thing where it's like, okay, like, the wedding's all about her, that's the bone she throws to him type of thing. It's like, okay, you know, whatever. Like, I, just how, how, like, at no point was she like, why the fuck am I marrying? Right. You are insane. <laughs> right. Like, it, it, we're, we're painted this picture that he's somehow the catch in all this, and he's such a douche. Yeah, we know nothing about her. <laughs> right. Oh man, that, well, we don't even know what she looks like. That was that was funny though. Did that the way that line is delivered though of the wedding is off. It was really it really cracked me up. Which then led led us into a musical number, which was also fun, uh, <laughs> which I wasn't seeing happening. But Wait, uh, was that was that the one where they where, where they're dancing to shout, or was that earlier in the movie? Uh, what was the musical number? Shout was in the beginning of the movie when we're, we're panning through. When Eddie's at the bar with his friend that came in from town that is not his brother, but I thought was his brother the whole time. And then he no. gets up on the stage and he starts, he's getting mad at the musicians because they're they're not picking up the beat just right. Oh, Which I'm oh, pretty yeah, sure is like, the premise for Whiplash. <laughs> but <laughs> By the way, is that what strip clubs looked like in 1959? Uh, I don't know. It was uncomfortable. But I also like that they went to get burgers with her afterwards. Because... The- <laughs> And also that they let him dance on the stage without throwing him off. They yeah. let him get on the stage. He played. The, actually, you know, I had. Uh, I was just watching not that long ago, and it's great because I just got Marty McFly. But it kind of felt a little bit like the end of. Yeah. <laughs> what's it called when he's playing at the at the the prom or whatever? Mm-hmm. When he jumps up and he just starts playing like crazy and all that. Uh, but I was just like, man, well, God. this is what strip clubs back then were like. Because, no, thank you. I'm not a big fan of strip clubs in present day, but I'm also not a big fan of what was going on there. Right. I uh, sorry. I have to circle back to that. Every time the uh, Back to the Future comes up, and the, that scene in particular, all I can think about is John Mulaney's breakdown of Back to the Future of how it was pitched. Uh, I don't think I've heard that. Oh, you should do yourself a favor. 
and look that up. But there's also a, the scene where they're uh, a, a, a part of his stand-up where he uh, he's talking about Johnny Be Good and how we're going to have it like Marty wrote the song basically because he's going to play it there. And he's like, yeah, that's right. We're taking that away from them too. <laughs> that, that's how he pitches it. I was going to say, it's a bit on the nose as far as appropriation. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great teardown and celebration of Back to the Future if you ever get a chance to listen to it. See, when I think of that scene, I always think of Family Guy when Peter goes back to the 80s and the, the, he ends up accidentally marrying Mar- Molly Ringwald and you know Lois marries Quagmire and they have all the kids, but they're all Quagmire's kids uh-huh. and they all have his chin. That's right. And they all, they all giggity when they yeah. laugh. <laughs> and... There's the whole prom scene, but instead of doing back, it, it, they go back to, um, was it a, Never Gonna Give You Up mm. by Rick Astley? And the guy call, uh, calls up Rick Astley and he goes, It's your cousin, Marvin. Marvin Astley. <laughs> <laughs> you know that generic 80s synth sound? Listen to for? this. <laughs> he puts the phone up to them, <laughs> them playing. He's got the guitars. He's playing fucking oh my God. Never Gonna Give You Up. Oh God, it's so funny. Uh, I, uh, I I will I will have to I'll find that John Mulaney thing for you after this. Uh, it's it's quite good. Uh, the other thing that I had in here, which now in the moment I, when I wrote it down, it was I thought it was very good. Now I can't really remember it, but Modell's speech at the end during the wedding was actually it ends up being really good and it's very heartfelt, and it shows you that he is a member of this group, even if he's not having his own story at any point during the rest of the movie, which we've established here today. <laughs> it reminds me that, well, you watched all of it with me, right? The With Bob and Dave on Netflix. The, it reminds me of the, the skit they do about the death of the fifth mythical beetle. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and all the material that everyone, you know, lo- loved him for and how much they were going to miss him, even though they didn't know he existed. And like, that's how I feel like about him. It's like, no, I am a best friend. I definitely exist. Like I, I am clearly a part of this group because, like, how else would I be able to tell this speech where I know all these, these, these deep, you know, important things about this group? You know, what I mean? yeah. it reminds me of that that friend that everyone, every group of friends had for us. It was Robbie Willis. Um, there was a, just a point in high school where all of a sudden he was just a part of our group, <laughs> and nice. I remember the conversations. Like, how did this start exactly? explain it to me like i'm five because i don't recall inviting him you didn't invite you didn't invite him we've never hung out with him where did he come from how is he all of a sudden at our things at all times and like he was fine i didn't hate him no one hated him. He, he was fine. <laughs> that was it. He was just perfectly fine. He didn't bring anything to the table. He didn't really contribute. He was just there. And we were never sure how he got there. That's great. Um, and it also spawned another entirely weird separate thing in which my friend Alex, friend of the show, Alex, um, I don't even remember how this got started, but for whatever reason, um, eventually his penis became named Robbie Willis. Perfect. And in order to distinguish which Robbie Willis we were discussing if the name came up in conversation, uh, that one was the one with personality. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. So someone would say something about, like, like, oh, like, something, something, etc. Robbie Willis, and someone would go from across the room, wait, which one? The one with or without personality? <laughs> 
like, they, oh, didn't Robbie Willis say something about that? And he's like, which one? The one with or without personality? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. That's uh, too much. I uh, Something dawned on me while you were telling that story, and that is that we always say, friend of the show, I'm really looking forward to the one day where you reference someone and then say enemy of the show, because that'll be a story. <laughs> oh, I can make that happen. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that. Like, I can find an enemy. <laughs> then I'm telling a story. One of these days I'm telling a story. Um, uh, so that so we went, we went through some of our favorite moments. Do you have any more on that list? Um. Oh, yeah, sorry. The scene when Billy comes up Eddie and then they go down and he wants breakfast. Yep. And the whole thing with the mom. Now, okay. Counterpoint. I don't know who that woman is, but it's not his mom. Is it not? It's not. I think it's his grandmother, which is weird because the age is not right. But. Well, it's, it's one of those things where like older movies where, and you know, it's more of a thing with actresses, but it, it's a thing with some actors as well. I mean, Wilford Brimley is the most famous one where, you know, people would be like 40 and like they had one foot in the grave on screen. Yeah. You know, I think of people like Wilford Brimley, who in Cocoon was like 50 years old and he was playing like a 75 year old man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of the mother in the mother of the kid who dies in Jaws, who she looks like she's like 65 years old and she's like 40 mm. um, in real life at that time. Like, like, I don't know what was going on in that like, block of time between 75 and 85 where people weren't that old and on screen they were so old yeah Yeah. so if you told me she was his mother if you told me she was his grandmother well i think they they make a comment about his parents being away so i no, billy's parents are away that's his mom mom. is it his mom the the way that that conversation goes i feel like it's not yeah no because which also though super weird for what was going on at the time because Billy comes into town. Was he out? Was he in the military? Is he away in college? I forget. He's at school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why the whole vibe almost felt like military, like where it's like, oh, we don't know if we'll ever be able to see him, you know, type of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but he shows up and he says, oh, yeah, I decided to surprise Eddie and come in a couple of days early or whatever. And she goes, oh, that's a, so nice. She goes, you know, your parents are at. The shore or whatever the fuck she said, I forget. Okay, and that's when I was confused, where I thought like she was like the grandmother. That's where that's where all this is coming through. Where I thought no, she was the grandmother, Eddie's... and that he was Eddie's brother, and that no. he was he was like surprising him. That's why I was all messed up. No, she's Eddie's mom. You're right, and he's that Eddie's okay. best friend, and she. But how weird is it that she's telling him his parents are out of town? Why doesn't he know that? Why isn't he telling her that his parents are out of? town? Well, yeah, well, I guess uh, my guess is that like because it was a surprise and she didn't know he was coming either. It was probably just the first thing that she thought because, you know, his parents aren't around. No, but and, like, like brought it up. Wouldn't, wouldn't he have called his parents to tell them? Maybe, hey, maybe not. He, he's a little self-involved. Uh, wouldn't you expect that you'd need somewhere to stay? I don't know. <laughs> it's a few days. He obviously had some plans. I don't know. I just Maybe he was going to surprise them, too. Well, sure, maybe. Um, it was just a weird dynamic. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I'm not. You're not wrong. I'm just. <laughs> that she's telling him that her parents, like, he's been home for twelve hours. Yeah. Including overnight. Yeah. And he doesn't know where his parents are, no. and isn't like, didn't call the police and ask where they are. It's unclear. Like she has to inform him. Oh, don't worry, your parents will be back. They're down at the wherever the fuck they were. I'm saying the shore. I don't know if that was actually what it was. <laughs> um, like they were clearly on vacation or something like that. Uh. 
but that whole scene where he's trying to get breakfast out of his mom and just their banter and Billy, like, I'm not a part of this, but also I'm a part of this. And uh, I don't know. And then she's like threatening to stab him with a very large knife. Yeah. And it reminded me of some of the conversations I had with my mom. Thankfully, she never brandished a knife at me from that close. Sure. Uh, she has threatened to stab me before, but um, never got close enough in which it could even be a 1% chance that it might happen on accident. Uh, <laughs> I have had other things thrown at me that aren't knives, but are shoes. Fair enough. I've been hit with spoons. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I do like the way that that scene unfolds to the point of uh, she's just just letting her son have like she's like so mad at him and like uh, reaming him out and eventually eventually gives in for whatever reason that makes him a sandwich but then goes to his friend and is like would you like anything dear <laughs> which you know reminds me then you know you flip the switch and now it's every time you were at your friend's house yeah where it's like you know your friend's mom is like bending over backwards to give you something it's like i really don't want something like that sandwich that you want to make for me with love you could just give it to your son yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll take the sandwich and then i'll give it to him <laughs> that's right uh, so i also I just want to dive in i have a couple listed here under least favorite moments two two in particular one i understand we're showing the depth of how messed up boogie is but that whole thing where he's got one of their other friends wives wearing a wig to pretend that so that he can collect on a bet so that he can pretend that it's somebody else that whole thing was was dirty i didn't really like well it shows you how terrible of a person he is yeah at least at that moment like i guess he technically comes back from it yeah but then he tells her the whole story and she's okay with it like i don't know like weirdly okay yeah yeah She's like, ah, you think I'm pretty? Like, like it's like, okay, you missed the entire thing where he's horrible. <laughs> you missed the entire thing where you're both horrible because you're going to cheat on your husband with his one of his best friends. Right. And, deep breath, he's cheating on his best friend's wife. And, deep breath, he was going to have him watch. Yeah. Well, no, he didn't know he was there. That is there at least that. Well, he was going to have someone watch. He knew Fenwick was there. Yeah. Fenwick is supposed to validate. Uh, speaking of Fenwick, that's the other the other thing that I have was on him. Um, he's a sad story, too. The whole, like, he's an alcoholic. He's got very big issues with his family, his father in particular, and their, and what the trust and fund brother. has done to him the, and his brother. And uh, there's this line that he, he keeps saying... The way that he phrases it is like looking for a smile or that was a good smile. And that is just some language that doesn't hold up. And for whatever reason, when he would say it, it was super jarring. Just his whole, like Kevin Bacon's a decent actor and maybe he wasn't a decent actor back then, but Mm. that was a really weird performance. It It was was very weird character, but that was not a good performance. Mm. Yeah. It was like Um, over the top and it was, but not in any remotely good way. Well, like, half the scenes, he's, like, doing a bit. Like, he's doing a voice. Yeah. It wasn't even, like, you know, sometimes when you watch, like, older movies and, like, they're doing, like, the old-timey, like, 1920s, you know, hey, you know, here's looking at you, kid, like, that whole thing. Like, he's not even doing that. And also, it's, like, like, about to be 1960, which that wasn't even really a thing back then, like, at that point. Like, they had already moved out of that whole, like, fast-talking 1920s bullshit. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 weird. Um, granted, like it's a lot of these people's like first or very early performances, so like I understand. It's just it was just a weird. It's a weird execution of that character. But, like that's on like direction, where it's like. Okay. Kevin, what are you... You're right in it. Right in it, buddy. Stop, yeah. stop doing whatever that fucking voice is. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the, the, the uh, finding out that he's actually, like, pretty smart and he's, like, answering all the debate questions, that was actually a funny scene. But then it's... Yes. It's then... It only, it takes a step back, though, when he does that really weird laugh because it's not... It's just not fitting with the the character and face that I'm seeing. It didn't make any sense. And scene. Like, yeah. It's not fitting any of it. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, little odd. I, it's jarring. I will say... I, yeah, I will say the whole blow up scene in the manger was something. Yeah, um, I it was a little on the nose when they all get sent to jail and then their parents are picking them up. Oh wow, he didn't even have it. Did you know he didn't have anyone to pick him up? Oh wow, it's so sad. Everyone else got picked up. He's not getting picked up. I was like, okay, we get it. Like honestly, you didn't have to say it at all. We we get the idea. Yeah. Show everyone walking out with the. This one's dad's a little bit upset. This one's like, eh, whatever. And then he's still in the cell. You know what okay. I mean? It was uh, it was about as subtle as in Goldmember when he yells, "Dad beat dad. Daddy didn't love me." <laughs> uh, no, I no, I didn't. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you just said didn't. <laughs> didn't. Oh. Did not. <laughs> stupid uh there's one other thing that i failed to mention under favorite scenes and that was the random guy that appears in the diner and i think once on the phone who model that no the other one (laughs) the other guy that is just spewing movie lines yeah what the that was great although going back to the american pie thing Uh is that where they got sherman from maybe Right, because like that guy's whole thing was it was from one particular movie. I don't even remember what the movie yeah. was that he was so obsessed with that the only thing he said was lines from the movie. And Sherman became the Shermanator. That's right. All of his lines was from Terminator. That's right. No man, <laughs> that's so ridiculous. That that was funny. There's a couple. There's one scene that goes on particularly long in the diner, and it almost seems like they just dropped him in to do it without telling the other actors because their reaction to it is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> But overall, I, uh, I, I it's funny. I had a couple of thoughts on on some stuff with just like, well, for one, like again, not knowing that anyone was in this movie. Sure. Uh, what happened to Mickey Rourke? I have something after this <laughs> because I had to look him up because I didn't know that's who that was. Yeah. And it's not just his face, which is obviously dramatically different than it was then. Mm-hmm. Like so much so that. He doesn't look like a person anymore, let alone that specific person. Would, would it really? Would it have fixed it for you if he said, "Where's my birth?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing. He sounds like a different person too. Yeah, he's like and really like, soft-spoken. Yeah, like with like a voice like three octaves higher. Yeah. Than it is, and forget about when he's playing that terrible Russian character. Um. Like any other movie I've seen him in in the last 20 years, he looks and sounds like a totally different person. I don't understand. I'll even go back to, was it The Rainmaker? Was that the one with, with the, the Grisham book that became a movie with um, DeVito and um, Matt Damon? Mm-hmm. And I, he plays their 
boss at the beginning of the movie and he pops up at the end of the movie or whatever. Okay. That's in 1997. And he's already a completely different looking interesting. Is in this. I'd have to look back and find something else along the timeline. I don't know what he was in between 82 and 97. Mm-hmm. Nothing that I've seen. Uh, but the earliest chronology I can think of, like like after um, Diner, is is the Rainmaker in 97. Because then there was like Sin City and um, Man on Fire and Iron Man and The Expendables. And like those are all well past that. And he is like a totally different person now. Right. Let's see if I can pull up what else um, in between. And I had, I had heard that he used to be a good actor, too. And he was good in this movie. Yeah, very good. Oh, he was he was in the Pope of Greenwich Village. That's a, that's a good movie. I never saw we that. should We should do that one day. I have no idea what that's even about. I've heard of it, but I know nothing about it. Man, he yeah, he looks so different in like everything. Every movie to movie, he looks bizarre. Like he's totally and completely unrecognizable. Yeah, that's wild. Huh. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. The other one that I just found generally funny was I had no idea Daniel Stern was in this. I had no idea that he was an, even an actor back then. Yeah. Like, because this is what eight years before Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> and he looked pretty substantially different. Um, now he just looks like he's gone on like through normal aging process, unlike well, Mickey Rourke. It doesn't. It actually doesn't. It, it doesn't make much sense for like the the leap from this movie to Home Alone because it seems like he is just a small child in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and he is like, a man. Know, in Home Alone. You're saying, well, he's like he's married, like, yeah. for several years. Uh, yeah, that was that too, which was shocking. <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> he's he, you know, yeah, he does. He looks youthful in comparison, yeah. even to. To Home Alone, he didn't look like he's super old in Home Alone, but like, yeah, he's he just looks like a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also, you know, turns down the shtick in this too. Sure. Harry. Any any other notes? Um, I just other than when during the scene where I was watching where they were dancing to shout, I was like, wow, the second most famous dancing to shout in the uh, yeah, all of movies. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh man. Um, no, I I thought that the interplay between all the guys was really good. Yeah, I thought that th- there were some fun interactions. I thought that it was you know a good job. I I mentioned the thing about Greece where it, for whatever reason this movie reminded me of Greece. I mean, I know it's a couple of years. Uh, separated, but it's similar time frame of fifties ish, you know, where like, like Americana is kind of going by the wayside and we're becoming a new version of what the country is and what like it's all about, what growing up is all about where they're kind of on a cusp of growing up themselves, but mm-hmm. also what that means exactly is going to change within the, the culture of this country right. at that time. Um, you know, and and Greece tackles some real things, right? Like the 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 potential pregnancy of of what's her name and all that. Uh, this obviously goes way more into it. Some of it's a little sensational, like the whole thing with Boogie trying to fuck his friend's wife. Sure. But, um, other than that, I found this to be kind of like the more grown up version of that movie, um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just I found it to be an interesting parallel. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. No, that makes a lot of sense. I I will say for me, I it's the anytime a movie can capture 
that feeling that you have of being with your friends or like, like really like a, not to say really again, but like a real feeling or like a real example that like you could like, yeah, like I could totally relate to this moment or this thing. Uh, it's just, that's why I keep, I kept calling it a snapshot. Like that's what this movie did and had in spades. Like it would, the entire movie is a snapshot, but within that it would do like these like perfectly curated like stills of a moment that you've had or like, or a moment that you could feel like you've had. And I, I think they do it in a really great way. And uh, it's, it's something special because it's not, it doesn't feel like it's trying to do much more than that, which I think is kind of cool. It's not like, it's not, it's like, what's like, it's not trying to be anything in particular. It's just trying to capture something. There's a certain element of timelessness, right? Because where it's like, okay, yeah, that is very close parallel to what I went through. Mm-hmm. What you went through, despite the fact that it's, you know, 20 years separation of time of like when that was made versus when I was doing it or whatever. And furthermore, another 20 years right. back to when it's actually happening. Which is like just unearthing a timelessness of human interaction and friendship, which is interesting too. Yeah. Um, I had one other note. Yeah. Just kind of an amusement. I don't know if it was an Easter egg. I don't know if it was just a fuck up. I don't know if it's because of the, well, no, it couldn't have been about the time in which it was going on because the movie was made in 1982. I forget which of the guys says it. It says something about their parents going on vacation to Cuba Mm -hmm. and how wonderful it is. And I was like, so go, yeah, it's back in the fifties. It's like, well, no, this is 1959, which is literally the year that the communists overthrew the government in Cuba. And I was like, well, maybe this is... Nope, this is Christmas. This is Christmas. It's the end of the year. <laughs> it already happened. <laughs> no one would have ever been going to vacation in Cuba in Christmas of 1959. Wait, who said... Who went there? No, no. One of the guys, I think, was saying that their parents was going there. Oh, okay. Cuba is supposed to be so beautiful gotcha. and amazing. I'm like... You know what's going on at this point. I, in I was right? just thinking, like, I really hope that that's the thing that we missed this whole time, and that's where that one guy's parents are, and they're not coming back. <laughs> oh, they're dark. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like, I was like, what a specific thing went wrong. Like that is literally the year it happened. It's not like it was like 1961 where it's like, oh yeah, like that kind of happened. It's exactly what it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and with the benefit of you know 20 years of hindsight when they're making the movie like to not get that sure sure <laughs> that's pretty silly but uh cool man um well thanks for doing this one this one was for me so i appreciate it uh that's cool there's a bit I, i'm a i'm a big fan and i'm looking forward to my next watch uh, anything else before we wrap up here no i think that's it well, then that's all for this week's episode of Flicks into Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you could send those requests to Flicks into Six at thespinchoon.com or tweet us at thespinchoon. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Beals. Thanks for coming out. <laughs>